Should I drink my Colt 45? No, I shouldn't. I'm gonna get some water. Do you have Colt 45, Ben? It was 99 cents, and like, I just wanted to try it. So I got two. Okay, no, here's the story. Here's the story. I was putting gas in my car, Lano Calrissian came to you in a dream (laughs) and said, Ben, come away with me. And he had Colt 45, and you're riding a horse to gas. And neither of you had shirts on. That's pretty much what happens. But no, I was getting gas. I put exactly $32.05 in my car. And uh, apparently that was $2.05 too much. So uh, I had $2.05 to spend at this shitty gas station. Store and credit. lo and behold, Colt 45 for 18 ounces is 99 cents a bottle. So I got two. 18 ounces. I drank one. It was pretty decent until the last few sips where it tastes like Vienna sausage. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get the other one. Here. Podcast. That's Matt. Got that right. Poopsock this. Okay. <laughs> Poopsock cast, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to the Fan Gamer Podcast. This is episode 99. Woo! 99 of these. Holy wow. Crap. So, wait, are we doing something special next week? That's no. What's, are you already stressing me out? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, my name is Garrett Rosa, host of the Fan Gamer Podcast. With me today, I have my usual set of co-hosts, Ben Kerrigan, drinking Colt Forty Five, two zigzags, baby. Classy, that's all we bro. need. Hi, and Matt Hawkins. And because I'm such a lightweight, I've already had. I've only had three swift sips of PBR. I'm already drunk. See, I'm already. <laughs> Flubbing my so line. So drunk. <laughs> getting I didn't have any oh, dinner, I'm... so this is like going right to my head already. No, sorry. <laughs> so tonight we are doing a live cast of our Cave Story Game Club on Twitch TV slash Fangamer. Uh, we will put these things out on Twitter beforehand if you'd like to watch us record the show live. Although, not sure why. Sometimes listen to us talk about what are the worst beers out there for 20 yep. minutes. But that's a good discussion. Uh, or, the, yeah, it's or great. the best. For the best. So, let's get started. Let's get rolling with this podcast. We played through all of Cave Story. This is going to be our last game club of the year. A lot of participation from the community, so we thank you for that. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. We're going to talk now about what we've been up to this week, what we've been doing. We have some voicemails. We have some email. A lot of, a lot of stuff from the community this week, so that'll be fun. And then... By the end of the show, hopefully I will have figured out what we are going to do for episode 100. I have no idea. I, I, I'm thinking like some sort of community yeah, ask yeah, us some perhaps. questions thing. Maybe have Reed and John on. I don't know. We'll see. But before we do that, let's uh, let's see. Ben, what have you been up to this week? Um. Well, I went to New York last weekend, or actually, well, this weekend, and um, to see Pulse Wave, my girlfriend, and just to hang out and party in New York because I haven't done it for oh so long. And uh, at Pulse Wave, I, I played a little song on the open mic thing. Hey, what's that you're What's the song called? The song, um, 
I'm not really sure what the name of the version I sang was, but the song is supposed to be called Swagma Beam. It's supposed to be a Space Boyfriend song on an EP I'm yes. trying to make eventually. Space Boyfriend. That's, that's your name then, huh? Uh, I think so. I, I'm thinking so. But like, Still thinking. Yeah. So I was going to write lyrics about like space and like partying in space and shit, but... Yeah, I, li- I like that reaction you just made to Lefroy. That's good. But no. Um, <laughs> For those in the live stream, I open up my bottle of Lefroy, yeah, smell it, just go, <laughs> Mossy Petey Dad. Yeah. All right, sorry, but, Daddy, yeah, tell um, us more. And I was trying to write lyrics for it for like a week, but I just like didn't sit down to do it. I was just doing other things like playing Cave Story or just like messing with the song, like the composition of it in general and not really having time to work on lyrics. So when it came down to it, it was f- like six hours before the performance. I was at uh, Danelle's and Zen Albatross's house. And eventually I was like, I really can't do this right now. And then Emmy, a good friend of mine, was like, you should totally write that song about Jane Mai and how she asks you for pie all the time and how she falls asleep in public. And I'm like, yeah. So then I did that in like an hour and it worked out. Nice. So. Can you, I know I want to hear more about the well actually we'll, we should put a link to the YouTube so people yeah, yeah. can watch it we'll put that in the show notes um, and somewhat related to this we actually got an email asking us about show notes from Jessica really? yeah that was one of the emails we got um, Jessica wanted to know she says you guys always refer to these show notes um, how, are these some secret show notes I'm not seeing oh man uh, and I think I realized We've never really said, like, if you subscribe through iTunes, which I think is the yeah. best way to get the podcast, oh, yeah. um, when you go into the little info, it'll say, for full show notes, go to fangamer.com slash blog. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Fangamer website and hit the blog, we have uh, news posts we put up when the podcast goes up, and within that is the show notes where it's got links to the music. Um, when we do the video game news segments, it has all the articles that we referenced. Yeah. So, so if you guys um, ever want to ask me what music I put in a segment, because I get that on Twitter fairly often. Yeah, um, yeah, just check uh, the Fangamer blog. It's on there most of the time, unless I stole it, unless it's Kanye West, then I don't put it there. <laughs> yeah, we don't, <laughs> don't we don't want, want him bothering us. No, sir. Yes, yes. No. Yeah, okay. So uh, one of the things that I think is cool about your live performance is the singing. Um, does what was the crowd reaction to when you started singing or did they know you were going to sing? Um, I sort of prefaced the whole thing. I was like, hi, my name is Ben Kerrigan. I'm a dude from Virginia. This is a piece of paper in my hands. It's got words on it. Here's a song. It's got words. And then everyone like yes. laughed and applauded. And, uh, the video that you saw, like didn't have that part, but, mm-hmm. um, there's a channel on the YouTubes, uh, run by a girl named Emily called chip music Chronicle. It's this girl who lives in Philly who pretty much Wait, goes is to she every chip show. Tune Emily. No, that no, em- that's not Emily. It's chip not tune. Emily chip tune. Okay. It's Emily, chip Emily tune. Fetter. But, um, yeah, she goes to a bunch of shows and is like always in the front with her iPhone, just like recording. That sounds every like Emily chip tune. No, it's not Emily chip tune. She doesn't have a no. big, uh, septum piercing, right? Yes. Yes. No, nothing like that. Okay. And, um, yeah, she got a bit like a video of the full thing. Like, the full intro nice. and the ending That's where cool. you hear everyone applauding, which you didn't in the uh, the video that yeah. Joe took. Well, which I, was so I, am, good. I always applaud whenever I hear you do anything, <laughs> ben, oh, really. But good. so, what's it like to do a live performance? Do you? It's exciting. Is it? Do you get nervous? I, I was like, really nervous this time because I really wasn't sure of like the whole lyric situation because I did write them like six minutes or no six hours before I was supposed to go on there, and I was trying to um, I was trying to memorize them all day. But at the the Zell Albatross Danelle 
abode. They had like a pre-Thanksgiving thing and they had like like 15 people there. So there was like a bunch of partying and food and good times happening. And I didn't really have time to like sit down and look at those lyrics. So I was like, I have this piece of paper. I'm going to be up on stage with this piece of paper. Maybe it's going to be too dark. Maybe I'm not going to be able to see these. So I was really oh, stressing no. out about that. And uh, it turns out there was light up there, but I still really couldn't see the lyrics that well. So I was very, like, performing it, I wasn't as, like, fluid and, like, dancey as I would have liked to be. And, like, you can sort of see me shaking a little bit just because, like, I'm nervous while I'm singing. Mm-hmm. And it's because, like, I I knew the lyrics a little bit, but I kept trying to look down at the piece of paper to see them, but I couldn't see them. So I just made, like, half of them up. So, like, most of the time when I was, like, Freestyle. screaming or whatever, that was pretty much me just making things Well, up. I mean, that's I think really – everyone does that. I mean, even, like, the the, the, yeah, yeah. the rock stars have been singing the same songs, like, for 30 years. Eh, they, they, they flub the lyrics every once in a while. That's yeah. Really, you know, as long as you're in the yeah, moment was, and you're, you know, you're enjoying yourself, that's all that matters. Yeah. But, yeah. People all really right. liked it. Like, Bit Shifter, and, like, he pulled me aside and was like, it's like, I don't really come to uh, open mics all that much, but I, I really, really like that, man. Wow, like, like I caught oh Josh's God. attention. Nice. You know, he sings on a couple he things. He does. He does. Um, and that chiptune Weezer Blue album thing, he does, uh, the world has turned and left me here. He does yeah, the yeah, lyrics on it. Yeah, okay. All right, well, let's see here. As Ben... Hits back that Colt 45. <laughs> Classy style. What have you been up to this week, Matt? Um, not a whole lot. Not really exciting. I wanted to see Ben perform, but I had to uh, duck out because of um I've just been so busy. It's been a you know busy time for me. There's yeah, al- it's a busy time of the year for a video game journalist. Yeah. yeah. Also, also this isn't really exciting, but I've had a I have a lot of problems with my website, so I have to monkey around and do a massive upgrade and fix things here and there. It's funny you mentioned Emmy. Um, she took a bunch of pictures for me when we went to the New York Comic Con last month. Oh, really? And I'm having the darndest time actually having them published properly. So I have to, mm. you know, I have to do a lot of, um, you know, back end. I have to upgrade my WordPress, which I have a web guy, but he's also busy as well, so it's hard getting organized. Um, been playing a lot of Cave Story. I think I mentioned that a couple times, probably will yeah. mention it 50 million other times. Yeah. Um, been playing other games. Um, uh, Otomedius finally arrived. Heard it wasn't very good. It's not very good, no. Speaking as a guy <laughs> who loves Gradius and loves Animu Girls, it could have been done so much better, and, you know, I'm just now, I'm not a fan Question that. about that, like... Yes. It has, like, the, the whole excellent subtitle. Are there other Otomedius games, or is that the only one? Uh, no, in Japan, you have Otomedius uh, Gorgeous and mm. Otomedius something else. And I believe Excellent is Gorgeous. It doesn't matter. It's like, you know, every, <laughs> it's a bad game. every time every time there's these shmup games with, like, cute anime girls, like, they spend a lot of time on the actual character art, like, interstitials. Mm-hmm. But the actual graphics of the game is, like, really bad, and the hit detection's poor, and you don't know what's going on. So as a game, it fundamentally breaks down. So, um, But because of that, I wanted to get a hold of a Skyward Sword. Um, I actually <laughs> went to the Nintendo store on Saturday. They sold it, like, a few... They, I had heard that they were selling it one day early, but what I didn't do is read the fine print, and they were only selling it between, like, 11 and wow. 2 p.m. So... Basically, Nintendo wanted, you know, it, it makes sense, right? They want a nice little photo op and having a long line stretched around the block. Mm-hmm. And because I was there, 
I what I didn't stand in line all morning because I was too busy monkeying around with my back end for my website, of course. That sounds weird, but um, <laughs> I I went there and was like, "Hey, so you guys selling Skyward Sword?" And this woman just looks at me like, "No, you didn't wait in line today, so we're not going to sell you a copy." It's like, "Wow, okay, you weren't in harsh. our pretty press pictures." Yeah, so then I went to Uniqlo, bought some jeans, and then I went home and did. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's pretty and much you it. You felt better and about played, yourself. Played some cave story. Oh, and uh, so again, this is this is you know. This is a, a game club episode, but my new goal is every time we have a podcast and we talk about what other games we talk about, my new goal is to play a really bizarre or obscure game. Last week was uh, The Wizard of Oz for the sure. DS, and this year's, uh, I'm sorry, this episode, again, I'm a little drunk, is, have you guys heard of Work Time Fun for the PSP? W2F. I have seen that before. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. I've never played it though. So it's like a weird, crappier version of WarioWare, but it has <laughs> some quirks and personality. Like when you fire up the game and you go to the option screen, the background is a car filled with garbage. So you know that's sort of neat. Okay. Okay. And it's, and, you know, I haven't really played the game that much, but it's it's like it's like WarioWare, except the games sort of drag on and they're not very boring. But that's the point. Like, oh, it's see, it's funny because it's really stupid. It's like, eh, you know, I get yeah. it. I suppose, and I got it for like five bucks. So you know, yeah, okay. three years ago. So, so yeah, that's that's really all I have, unfortunately. Okay. Well, let's see. I actually haven't been up to too much. Actually, me and Ben were on podcast Amazing we last did do night. That. Yes, um, that'll be up sometime mm-hmm. soon. That was really fun. It's it was weird to be on the side of it where I don't have to keep a lot of things in mind. Like, okay, how long is everyone talking? Yeah, who should like, talk next? I think Matt wants to say. It. I was just like <laughs> sitting back, yeah, you playing were Puerto Rico, my iPad. It was having some drinks, and then they say something funny, but like, oh man, that was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was it's fun. Plus, they're always a good time to hang Absolutely. out with Calvin and Derek. So um, when I was on one of my many final boss runs today for Game Story, <laughs> I put on their new album. And uh, it was helping me get through the first couple, three fights in a row. But by the time we get to that fourth fight, it got to like a slow song. And then it's like, oh, I lost it all and died. Oh, no. Um, but yeah, so... That was fun. Um, I've also picked up the new season of Breaking Bad, the one that just came out on TV on iTunes, and just finished watching it today. Still, some of the best television you could possibly watch. Do you end your life? You just so I've you heard. Just can't watch more than an episode or two in a row before you're like, oh gosh, this is so this is very heavy, very heavy all the time. But still, really good show. Um, let's see. I've also been playing. I picked up. For my iPad, the mobile edition of Minecraft, which I thought is relatively, well, people who listen to our podcast should be interested in that. Again, it's it's Minecraft, except you can't mine in it and you can't craft anything. So that seems pretty ridiculous. Yeah, can't do anything well, I want to do in Minecraft. Like like Minecraft, I think they will add more to it. Um, but yes, it is pretty limited right now. Um, you only get like. One biome's worth of land, not really a lot to to mess with. Um, You can't craft, there's no bad guys. Uh, You get a bit of a creative mode, but you don't get all of the different blocks. 
Um, but I will say, despite all that, it actually is pretty fun. Like, there's multiplayer, which I haven't messed around with, but um, the the building and, like, the touch actually works really well for how you build and maneuver the screen. Um, I'm really surprised they were able to find a way to make a good interface with a flat, you know, touch screen. Because up building. until the iOS version, that was really the, the killer app for the Xperia Play, which is, you know, yeah. the unofficial PlayStation phone. So they had an yeah. exclusivity for that for a while. And to be honest, like when it came out and I heard that it didn't have any mining and crafting, I figured, okay, they just sort of wanted to get a version out there really early until the iOS mm-hmm. version comes out and then there'll be a big update. And um, I guess that didn't happen, so... But. Nah, that sounds like kind of typical Mojang style. They're just, you know, they're like only one step ahead. Yeah, real quick, I, I, I wanted to mention this last time, um, and I wanted to do this before I forget. I want to do a, a cheap plug for a friend. Since you have an iPad, Garrett, mm-hmm. um, can I recommend a game for you? And as well as everyone else sure. listening uh, in on sure. this. That's what we do on this podcast exactly. from time to time, recommend games that we like. And especially when the game is from a friend of mine. Uh, do you know Zach Gage? I think we've talked about him, but I'm not sure of him personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made um, Halcyon and uh, BitPilot. He made a new iPad game. It's like a, a word puzzle game, and it's it's called Spell Tower. We just go on Google. Um, spell, spell Tower. Tower. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not like most spell spelling-type games. It's not words with friends on a tower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a little hard to describe. It's just... It's really cool. It's a little different. I think the fact that Zach, it's on the iPhone, uh, it's for iPad. Okay, just iPad. Just iPad. I think the fact that he doesn't really play those type of games, I think it really shows because it, it's it's sort of a, a fresh perspective on the subject matter and how it plays. So, yeah, Spell Tower. Weird. Everyone should just check Appreciate it out. And, and, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll try it I for next talk show. About a video yeah. game yeah. I played. Oh. oh, let me finish up talking oh, yeah, about yeah, the limitations sure, of sure. Minecraft mm. real quick. Sorry about that. <laughs> so. There's the different, you know, you can do creative mode. The interface is nice because when you build, it's actually quite nice to like just point at where you'd like to place a block. That's actually really quite nice. So you can build things. I can build like a house almost faster than I could on a computer because I can just click, click, click with my my finger and just run along where sense, I want to build a wall. Yeah. So that's actually really cool. But it. It it lacks so much of what makes Minecraft awesome that the building part is fun, but it's like Minecraft inside of a bottle, like yeah. the ship in a bottle idea, but like even more mini than that. So um, I'm hoping they add something to it like they do with the main game, but we'll see. Yeah, they could just be that's the version you get, and uh, they made they got ten bucks off me or whatever it was. So seven, seven bucks, yeah. Who knows? One million dollars. Is the, uh, is the Xbox 360 version going to be sort of the same thing, where it's going to be as stripped? I down? would hope not, right? Uh, you know, I just I just wanted to come out because it, like, I was on Xbox Live, and I don't know about you, but it seems like every time on Xbox Live, people are either watching Netflix or they're playing Skyrim. There seems to be no deviation <laughs> from that too. But like, I yeah. noticed a friend of mine who, you know, I won't point him out, but he was playing one of those, and you know, I don't the, the rip off. Yeah, ones. and it was like it, it sort of really upset me because I know the guy who made that particular one is that aforementioned jerk who's like, yeah, I didn't rip off Minecraft. I just want the <laughs> real thing to come out, so all the money will go to Notch. And you know, I'm I'm assuming mm-hmm. that yeah, I'm assuming with the iOS version that once it p- picks up steam. Now that Minecraft's quote-unquote finished, he can worry about other things, like quote updating unquote. the games. 
Yeah. Eh, so. Probably just scrolls. But okay, Ben, what game did you think of? I played a little video game this weekend, uh, pre post wave and at pulse wave itself, called Johann Sebastian Joust. Oh. And um, have either of you guys played this game before? Um, I got it, and I have a PlayStation Move controller, but I haven't gone through the... Um, I'm assuming that the people you're with donated to the Brandon Boyer Venus yes, Patrol yes. Kickstarter. Yeah, Danelle Hurado, he was all up on that Venus Patrol Kickstarter, and he uh, actually he actually has a version that um, I think is a bit more advanced than the one you get from the Kickstarter, because this one like has the ability to play with teams. So what, what oh, is so he has the he has, Kickstarter he has the, for it? Or? So he's the IGF version of it, then. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. But um, okay. yeah, Johann Sebastian Joust is, I heard Zen Albatross describe it a bunch, as a mixture of, like, flag football, don't touch the egg, and jousting. Yeah. Where you play this game, it's a video game, but there's no video. You play with yeah. PlayStation Move controllers. Yeah. So you have the Move controllers in your hands, and you're each assigned a color to, like, indicate, like, what team you are. You can either pick, like, what team you want to be on, or you just randomize it. And the object of the game is to not have your, uh, your light go out in your move controller. And the way you do this is by moving in time with the music. Johann Sebastian Bach pieces. Bach. Mm-hmm. And like, it starts off with like slow pieces. Or like when it's playing slow music, you can only move slowly or you cannot move at all. And sometimes like it'll like record scratch and it'll start moving faster. And that's when you can like walk around a little bit faster. And... This would be its own challenge, I guess, but the object of it is to make your opponents, like, I guess, mess up. up. Yeah. And this is really difficult to do when you're trying not to make your own light go out. So it's a very fun and intense and just crazy game where you are sort of ballroom dancing around trying to, like, go in time with this music while still trying to slap controllers um... out of uh, your other people's hands. So you're not using, like, a TV, though. You're no. just using music. You're using the music coming from, like, a laptop because the game runs so on I'm, like, computer. picturing, like, like uh, Duck, Duck, Goose or, like, Ring Around the Rosie or, like, Musical Chairs is what I'm kind of picturing. I don't think that's that far removed. It, that's sort of the same vein. Not, not really. Yeah. It's, it's sort of similar. Yeah. Like, you just move around to this music. You can't move faster than it. And you have to get your opponents out by either, like, slapping it out of their hands, like, sort of shoving them and being a dick and or from other methods or trying to get them to lunge at you. So Ben, in, uh, which... <laughs> these type of these type of physical games, the the one of the best things about them is because there's no screen, um they they allow themselves to be sort of reinterpreted and you can sort of add your own rule sets and play, you know, mm-hmm. mechanics. Was yeah. that the case here cuz now that I'm hearing more about it, it seems fairly constrained. I mean, that's not a negative, but it's like were, you, were people able to create their own rules, do wacky things, or did everyone, did basically everyone stick to the instructions? I mean, the instructions are as simple as don't get out, okay, right? Yeah. Like, it's don't move faster than this music, okay. don't have your controller turn off. Like, when you move too fast, it'll vibrate, and that's when you know you're going too fast before you actually get out. And I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you want as far as that. Like, I was Viennese waltzing on Danelle's roof. But I mean, I guess like, that I, as far as like interpreting the game, uh, you, there's not really that much liberty. I guess it. that's like, what it, I, there has to have still have that core game to it. Yeah, I guess that's what I was meaning is like, were people actually because this happens a lot, like 
you have certain rules and fundamentals, and as you're playing, sometimes people just sort of forget the rules and they just sort of make their own games. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's so tied in with like, okay, the music, you have to be mindful of keeping the beat. Was it also very accurate? Uh, it was pretty much, I don't really think it was on beat so much as like, here's how fast you can go when the music's slow, here's how fast you can go when it's fast. Like, I don't really think it was like calculating BPM and that's how many steps you could take or whatever. Sorry, it uses the Move controllers, but it doesn't use a PlayStation. No. Uh, it uses, like, a Bluetooth connection for a laptop. Okay. And you need a computer to, to be cool. running concurrently, right? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, like, it is one of the best party games I had ever played, and it's really good. And I really hope that this guy is going to pursue a bigger venue to get this game out to more than just Kickstarter donators, because it's too fun to just be this exclusive to those people. I mean, have you guys ever played Major Miners? Marching band? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, so you guys know about Parappa the Rapper, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Rodney Greenblatt, um, he's the illustrator, and Nana Sean, which is the, the group that created, the studio that created um, Parappa the Rapper and Umjammer Lammy, they got together, Majesco brought them together again to create this Wii game where, and the, the Johann Sebastian Joust sort of reminded me of that in the sense that the game is you're basically a marching band leader and it plays with a, a Nintendo Wiimote and you have to mm-hmm. shake and move the baton, the Wiimote, like it's a, it's a marching band baton and like you got to move it to the beat of the music. And mm-hmm. in the game, you, you play this really, you're this really cute Rodney Green, Greenblatt-esque character and he's walking around this town and the object is to make sure that you're, you're moving the, your Wiimote to the beat of the music because you're a marching band leader and as you're walking around people will be entranced by your music and they'll follow suit and they'll your band will get bigger and bigger and bigger and you have to make sure that Katamari effect exactly and you have to make sure that you you sort of keep with the rhythm of the music and um, you know your bandmates may become a bit fatigued that's when you throw jelly beans at them that sort of <laughs> powers them up and gives them course, a bit more jelly energy beans. but the problem with that game is it was so Restrictive in terms of its. When I played it, like a a pre-release version, it was it was fairly fast and loose, and it was actually fun to play. But the final version is so spot on with the music that Mm. it just became frustrating. Like no, no one I know can actually beat the beat one level of it because it's so restrictive. So when it comes to these type of physical type music type games, that's what I was wondering about about Joust. Is like you know it sounds really good, but how? how overly technically restrictive it or spot on. No, it's it's not that strict. Okay. And like I said before, like if you are moving too fast, it gives you a little warning before. It gives it you a warning. So it's not out. game over like, all right, get the hell out of here. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's cool. Never really heard of kind of games like that using the peripherals from major systems to do other stuff. Yeah, so it's it's a brilliant game. So good. Hmm. That's cool. All right. Well, let's take a short break here. We'll do a little bit of a podcast slash fan gamer news, and then we'll do our show topic. So taking a break here for some something else. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. This is Charlie with Audio Candy. Have you ever heard of Five Iron Frenzy? They were pretty popular back in early Starman.net, and they were my favorite band for a long time. In fact, at age 17, I took a bus to Denver for their final show back in November 2003. I got to meet the band, got snowed on, which is pretty rare for someone who lives in Louisiana. I got to witness Colfax and Broadway for myself. 
I've been wanting to do an audio candy tribute to them for some time. And then suddenly, eight years later, they're united. I can't say how awesome that is to me. I mean, eight years later, and a band breaking up, and then eight years later getting back together. Not even, not even a huge band with a lot of, with a lot of press. Although I guess well, most of the band is back. Scott Kerr is back, and even, and he left the band halfway through their, uh, through their lifespan. In fact, the only person I can see that's missing is uh, Keith Haring, who was the bassist before. He's uh, playing bass for his wife's band now, so I think that's what he's going to be doing. And the band is without a record label. Um, obviously, they've been apart for eight years, so they've got a Kickstarter to fund their lack of label. It uh, started just a couple days ago. Their goal was thirty thousand to uh, to finance the actual production of the record, uh, which is planned for two thousand thirteen. Uh, their thirty thousand dollar goal was met in less than an hour. It got. It's now at over a hundred thousand, and they're planning on using the rest of the money to tour and promote and everything else. So I'm hoping you'll show your support, whether you're an old bee from Starman.net or a new fan that's uh, listening because of fan game. Or I hope you'll go to FiveIronFrenzy.com and give them a listen at least. So I gotta say it's my distinct pleasure to give you a, a taste of a uh, Five Iron Frenzy with the first song they've released in eight years. This is, uh, It Was a Dark and Stormy Night by Five Round Frenzy.
So, fan gamer news first. Earthbound Fan Fest happening. is happening this very soon. Weekend. Yeah, so just in time for Game Club to be done, you can start playing some Earthbound. Um, so this is a Starman.net organized and run with Fangamer providing... I'm not exactly sure what we're doing on this. I think we helped provide some of the site support and that sort of thing, but... It's all people from past Fan Fest, but a bunch of new faces. I saw a bunch of people trying out in the forums to be... Uh, hosts for different uh, nights so that should be fun to see so check it out that'll be probably let's see actually i don't know what the url for it is yet but if you go to starman.net and you can see on there it'll have a link um other news uh the black friday stuff is happening soon so this friday and they should hear this before then in cyber monday which i'm not really sure if it's it's actually a thing or oh People it's wish a, it was a, a thing. No, it it's is a, a thing. What are you talk, talking about? It's actually... I don't know if it really... It's, it sounds like Valentine's Day, you know? It sounds like just made up, but... Um, anyway. God, cynicism. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, but it is a chance to make money, new. too. Well, I mean, God, businessman. Whatever, dude. Yeah, anyway, yeah, there'll be... Um, there should be a big... Um, big release of new products coming out from Fangamer... Lots of stuff. I don't want to spoil any of it because it is very exciting, but lots of new things, lots of restocks. Um, so if you want to buy stuff, you should do it then because you want to make sure it gets shipped out before Christmas or whatever holidays you celebrate. So that. Um, other than that, we got lots of podcast email news from you, the listener, which is Indeed. awesome. I love getting we stuff got a lot from of you guys. So Thank you all. As a reminder, if you have things you want, you hear us say something, you're like, I disagree with that. I want to I want to give them my yeah, two cents. You can send us an email at podcast at fangamer.com. Leave a voicemail with your phone, 503-446-CAST, C-A-S-T. Or you can attach uh, like a MP3 file that you recorded on your computer, send it to that podcast email, and we can play it there. Um, so we're going to do, we'll start with email first. So we're going to put the show notes one. Um, so the first one was an email from the same Jessica from earlier who sent it to, um, a lot of fun people. It looks like the two line for this email is to, is that really right? Yeah, productions? It can't be right. No, my computer is just resolving it weird. Orders at fangamer.com as well as podcasts at fangamer.com. Anyway, she and I thought this would be good for the audience as well to kind of ask to, to talk about this is she says that she wants an e-mug, but her her mom and dad's like, really? $30 on a coffee cup when we could get you other stuff? And she says, oh, could you give me some like points that I could tell them of why I want this so bad and why it's worth so much money? And I first started thinking about this and I kind of went two ways. One, I thought, OK, well, here's points that why the product is good and why it's that price. But I thought, I don't know, if I was 30, if 30 bucks, if I was still in the phase where my parents were like getting me the yeah. majority of my Christmas presents, 
I don't know that I would ask for an emote because it's yeah, a very, what are you like, saying right now? I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying the emote is super cool and I can tell you why yeah. it's worth $30. But unless you're like really into drinking tea or like you work in an office place and, you know, you want your own mug as anyone who's like under the age of maybe like 17 who, who if $30 That's is a lot of money for you, I, that that one I could see maybe with your parents having a hard time justifying it when there's other things. But to answer the original question, I think, you know, with something I don't know that we call out well enough on the page, stuff's all designed and made yeah. in the USA. I was going to say it's that. Not, I think that's a pretty, I mean, that's really I mean, that's, a strong point. I mean, not to joke. It's, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's not just that John designed it. It's that he designed it and guys over in California handmade those. So that's why, you know, there's a lot. And then, if you ever get the opportunity to hold one, it is a hefty Indeed. mug. Like I think in the in the forum thread now, we, there's a someone asking about how durable it yeah, was. You can throw and it now off we a have truck, a video. but only once. You can throw it off a truck and it won't break the first time. The, first time. the second time it will. <laughs> but if, if, um, if I was a parent same, and I my daughter wanted an e-tank mug, I would want her to have something that will not only give her nourishment, such as tea, to help study for those exams, but also a weapon that she can clobber <laughs> dudes in the head yes. if they give her yes. a hard time. So. There you go. very you durable. Someone in the, the forum thread said, "It, you don't break it, it breaks <laughs> other things. <laughs> like, you accidentally go to put that in the shelf with the other glasses too quickly, and it breaks all the other glasses. So. Yes, that's uh, Same with happen. the pipe mug. It's very durable. Um, I don't know. You, you can tell them about the company, uh, who Fan Gamer is. You know, it's just Reed and company over there in Tucson trying to make a living making cool products. It's not, it's not the man yet. Not so, yeah. Uh, but I don't know if it's uh, if thirty dollars is a lot for for your family. You know, maybe there is other things to think about. So, uh, other Fan anyway, Gamer so, products are yes, yes. products. You know, maybe a keychain. Give multiple Fan Gamer products for that thirty dollars. Uh, Yes. Okay. Next question slash comment email is from Dr. The Punisher. Hey guys. Last podcast. Thankful for in gaming. Yes. Nintendo online strategy was discussed and I wanted to get your opinions on a recent rumor that both Valve and EA are trying to have Steam or Origin be the online service for the Wii U. Clearly these are rumors but could spell... (laughs) Uh, big things if it comes true. I'm pushing for Steam. I'm currently already heavily invested in Steam, and I don't really care for EA and its origin surface. Yeah. Though in either case, I feel this would be a good move for Nintendo, for since sure. those services would have an online footing instead of starting from scratch. Um, well, if, that, if that's to me, this thing, sounds like too smart for Nintendo to do to go with someone well, else. It's that, and like, would Valve really do that? Oh yeah, you think so? I could see Valve. But what, what, like, what would they have? I mean, what, would they distribute Nintendo games, their own games, which really aren't Nintendo's? I think cup it of would probably. If, if I imagine the partnership starting, it would just be the online infrastructure, right. like matchmaking, playing. I don't think it would be distribution of games, but that's why they would offer it because of the hopes of being able to do that. Okay, not to not to jump ahead, but. You know, I was checking out the um, forum thread for the game club, and someone brought up the how Cave Story for WiiWare had messed up music at one point. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. first off, it wasn't really made clear to existing customers that if you deleted the game and you re-downloaded it, you would get the affixed audio. So, the notification's all wonky. I Before the podcast uh, recording, 
I wanted to, I wasn't sure if I had done that because I've, I've, I haven't really touched a WiiWare version. So I tried mm -hmm. deleting it from my Wii and re-downloading it. For whatever reason, it just took forever to connect. And like, you know what? It, and I'm also, it's not very clear. It's like, you know what? Nintendo's inability to create like a compelling or like a logical online infrastructure, that was, you know, that was annoying in 2006. Now it's like 2011. It's yeah. unexcusable. And yeah. I think like Nintendo really, they should not even bother with online. They clearly don't want to be involved. And, you know, it would take someone like Valve mm. or... I know. I mean, we've talked about. I, I don't. Past. No, just, I don't. Seems... I don't think they don't want to be involved. But if you're not going to do it, they know. They don't know how. They don't know it's how. Not, but there's more than enough. They definitely need to outsource that. So if they oh were doing this valve thing, it would be smart. But it's just too smart for them. Yeah, I think they keep all the cards close so to their chest. It's just... What? I mean, come on, Ben. Really? You're just hating so, like all the time. But dude, no, we love the, we hating. like Nintendo, obviously, and it we just love it's, Nintendo. it's frustrating it's just, that they can't do this basic thing correct. Exactly. You see the decisions they've made, and from those decisions, you can make an estimation of how they would make a decision here, mm -hmm. which is no, they would never do that. They're a very proud Japanese company. They would never partner with some U.S. company that would do I. It would be great because it would catch them up, you know, really quickly. But I don't know. No. I, I'm still in the camp that thinks that Nintendo is realizing what they need to do finally. But or at least like realizing so. they're realizing that what they're doing isn't enough and that they need to do something. They're aware of that. Everyone hates it as it is right now. Yeah. But, okay. But their users are gonna put up with anything, so that that lessens the incentive for them. Yeah, to but do they're the not world just change. gonna like. Nintendo, it seems like they really like value the loyalty that they've had with their customers and the fact that it's been dwindling so hard that it has been like for the past few years. Like it's obviously something that they're trying to get back somehow and they're trying to like hear what their problems are finally. At least this is what I think. We could talk about Nintendo's online structure all night long. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. We have another email. From let's see, real name or does he have give me a foreign name? Ben. Huh? Not from huh? not this Ben, but for this guy's name is also Ben. Yes. Uh dear Fangamer Podcast. Sorry this is a few weeks late. I'm a little behind on your podcast, but I just wanted to comment on the episode about gaming and your kids. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, by the way, Garrett. I don't have any kids, but I do have a ten year old nephew who I hang around with a lot, and the episode made me think about how I react with him in regards to gaming. Endless thinking about the right and wrong thing to do in regards to children and gaming gave me no good answers and so inevitably <laughs> led me to think of my own gaming childhood. My earliest memories involves playing Super Mario Brothers as well as other games with my dad, including his personal favorite to this day, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Great game. Which yeah. we are all very familiar with on this podcast, and so I'll skip this paragraph where he describes it. Um, so he goes, Now I may be overthinking here, but I believe that I learned a lot of what makes a good adult today from playing this game with my dad as a kid. For example, whoever is running out in front is essentially scrolling the screen. And if you go too far ahead in the climbing sections, You'll kill the other player by moving on so high that they're no longer on screen. My dad would tell me to take it slow, wait for the other guy, which taught me patience, consideration for others. Uh, the reason he would be taking so long was because he'd look under every box for flower blocks, which I <laughs> realized only a few years ago increased the chances of extra life showing up, which is the key to winning that game. 
Through copying him playing, I started looking under all the boxes too, which taught me to be thorough in everything I do, helped me a lot in games, but then also teaching me uh, to always give my full attention to the task at hand and always put 100% effort into anything I do. Um, so it's a very long email, but it keeps going on with other examples. Um, but he says, my nephew is growing into a pretty avid gamer himself. We both play Minecraft, which I feel is a good game for kids, but it relies on your own imagination to make it fun. Although I sometimes worry about how addictive it can get. He watches me play other games like Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. And I'll point out when something is referencing uh, a previous title, he always finds that interesting. So maybe he'll try them when he's older. So... Uh, anyway, he goes, I guess my point, if anything, is that you can't really plan how these things turn out. If you really gov- love games, then your kids are going to get exposed to them and want to try them out. All you can do is let them watch, watch you play, watch them play, and address any questions, problems, and advice when it happens. Keep up the good work, Ben. So, yeah, great email. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I was going to point out, though, Ben, that... Uh, you've come to a very similar realization as the other people in the forum thread, which I think was a nice way to sum up this past podcast if people don't remember it. But um, I don't know, you guys, I know, Matt, this sounds a lot like what you were saying during the cast. Just, yeah, let kids be kids and address those issues as they come along and you know, Garrett, set those values. I forget if I asked this or not, but hypothetical situation. Um, you try, you know, I, you try introducing your child to video games and they go, Video games are stupid, Dad. How do you react to that? <laughs> I'd be fine with that. They don't, they don't play games. That's good. Uh, if my kids didn't play games, I'd be fine with right, it. Because cool. oh, make my life easier, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> they wouldn't be getting. They wouldn't be, be dirtying up your your console and your. That, that's my no, big just, fear. If I have know, kids, like, don't touch my video game consoles. I'm gonna buy you your own. <laughs> I don't want you ruining my. Yeah, drop your own 3ds <laughs> exactly. on the ground. Don't screw up my, um, yes. my game boxes. Okay. Um, should we move on to voicemail? Yes, sir. We got a voicemail from Zave. Zave, you're in the chat, I'm pretty sure, right? Should we play this now, or does it go with Cave Story? We'll play it then. I'll give you a sec here to to respond, and you know, I'll just click things on my computer. Read about how there's too many bends. Nigga Ben. What are you guys talking about here in the chat? It's for Cave Story. It's not okay. My cave story. Hello, this is Ace. I have one thing to say about the Cave Story Game Club. Huzzah! <laughs> Word! <laughs> oh, that's great. Or that's for a good the, transition. For the North American version. Oh, yeah! <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another quick break there, and then we'll get into our Game Club Cave Story. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hi, this is BitShifter, and you're listening to the Fan Gamer Podcast. All right, let's do this. Talk about some game club. Talk about Cave Story, the little darling of the indie world. As my notes go on, a little more frustrated uh-huh. <laughs> this game just continues to punish me but um i was wondering i think let's see either ben or matt one of you whoever feels more versed in the subject material i, I don't know much about the, the history of it but i know like japanese developer yeah. ben do you know do you want to do this it. do you know a lot about the background i do 
by the name of Daisuke Amaya, who goes by the name Pixel in Japan, is an indie developer. Um, he started making games, like, I think his first game was, like, a shmup of some sort, and he made this game called, like, Ikachan, which is, like, you're this little squid yeah. who goes around, and it's pretty cute. And then one day he made this, this huge epic cave story, and he made everything himself, from the graphics to, like, the engine to the music, and, um, he actually, from the process of creating the music in cave story, actually made, like, a sort of pseudo chiptune tracker for like people can download this and like make music sort of the same way he made the cave story soundtrack with. So yeah, this is all what George just, and Jonathan uses. Yeah, they do. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's a very cool tracker, but um, yeah, this pixel dude made every single bit of the story him or every single bit of this game himself. And uh, I guess along the line, um, Nicholas, which is, I think a company, also, like a sort of indie developer that got a little bigger, right? It's it's uh, Tyrone Rodriguez. I believe he's based in Canada, in Toronto. In fact, it was before before we started recording. I, I saw the um, this video in which you know Rodriguez was like, "Oh, he's such a big fan," and he just sent an email out to Daisuke and just says, "You know, he just thought like, why hasn't anyone really thought about doing anything with the game?" And he mm-hmm. reached out, and I think Pixel was sort of surprised and. Like oh he, the the whole idea of like uh, Rodriguez brought the idea of like putting the game out on the Wii or on just on a traditional console and he was like oh he was sort of enamored by that and they sort of got together and that's where the publishing yeah. um, version came out. Um, it's funny because it's I think a lot of people forget but for a while there was this weird ter- this weird time where a lot of weird people were coming out of the woodwork saying we're gonna bring it out for the PSP. I know like there was an official quote unquote unofficial yeah, PSP version that. that was supposed to come out and it, it turned out to be hogwash. There was, I mean, the, the version I played originally was a port of the PC version which was created a homebrew version for the PSP, but etc, yeah. etc. Et well, it's available for a lot of stuff now because I think we listed out in the forum thread you know, PC, there's a Mac version um, there's the DS downloadable uh, there's the Wii version, the WiiWare downloadable. There's a 3DS version that just came out recently that has some extra stuff in it. Is that all of them? Yeah, the, 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 on the PC and Mac, it's always been uh, freeware. The mm. Mac version is not compatible with the current operating system because it uses old PowerPC. I mean, that's that's really the very, oh, very okay. first version I, I played, but um, it well, appeared on the Mac store. Yeah, yeah, it appeared on the Mac Store recently, and today is the first day it's actually available via Steam. Oh, really? It's on, si- it's, on, really? it's on sale until, I think, the end of the month, and if you purchase it through Steam, there's, there's achievements. So. Oh, nice. And it has a lot of the uh, graphical and musical upgrades, which are associated with the, 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 the stuff that Nikalis brought in, like the enhanced oh, music cool. and the soundtrack and stuff like that. So, Graphics. Matt, could, could you describe for someone who didn't play along with us, and shame on you if you didn't, because <laughs> this is a great game, what, what type of game is Cave Story? Well, I would describe this game to two different types of people. Um, on one hand, I would emphasize the fact that this game really did, for all intents and purposes, spark the current indie game movement that is sort of in effect today. Agreed. I mean, one guy, he simply, he did everything by himself on his own time. He started out when he was a college student. Um, his roommate was a video game programmer. He's like, oh, what are you doing? And he, he learned every little thing from him. And the game was complete. There was no structure. There was no formula. He just sort of made it as he went along. And, you know, it's a real... 
it's real, you know, it's a love letter to video games, the stuff that he grew up with. Yeah. And that'd be the other people that I would recommend the game to. It's like, listen, games today, they're so conv- they're so complicated, so convoluted. Don't you remember back in the day where things were a bit more clear and a bit more whimsical, fantastical? Remember the old classic NES games that were very stripped down, but also quite in-depth and complicated? Those are the type of people I would sort of recommend or explain the game to and see if, you know, it gravitated. Okay. Okay. Um, So do you, like, Ben, do you know what the initial impression was of this game from people when it first came out? Uh, It was sort of like a... Just one of those like little known things that people were spreading around. Um, uh, not, I mean, it was well received. I'm not really sure what the question is. Kind of like how it sounds like we describe as like how Minecraft started. First, it was just a couple people mm-hmm. heard about it, but then it kind of blew up more. Yeah, and I mean, more. it was just a little known um, thing until uh, I think Aeon Genesis released their translation patch, and then it sort of blew up. Yeah, and yeah. just word of mouth, people found out about it. Okay, people so on message boards loved you? it. Yeah, like, like Sermon.net, it was blowing up there for a while. Yeah, yeah, I know that that's one of, uh, if you ask Reed, one of the games that we've always been recommended to have played and and do uh, and merchandise inspired mm-hmm. by is Cave Story. So um, I'm glad that we finally got around to playing it. <laughs> but uh, So Ben, what was the first time you played the game? first time I played it is when the uh, translation patch came out and Sermon.net okay. was a big kerfuffle about it okay and then what about you matt um i found out about it on a video game message board uh a site called insert credit i don't know if you guys are familiar with it oh yeah and uh, around that time it was like 2007 um the translation patch had just come out and um it was one of those things where it's like everyone i knew who wasn't necessarily into video games a hardcore video gamer but they were sort of like my age, they they grew up with a Nintendo or those type of things, and they had heard from their friends, oh, this is something you might be interested in. Oh, it looks sort of cool. It sort of reminds me of games back then. My girlfriend at the time, she's like, I found when I found her on her on her MacBook or her, you know, her PowerBook, like, oh wow, you it was funny finding people who discovered about it sort of happenstance. Because mm-hmm. unlike mm-hmm. Minecraft you know, Minecraft, I think, was really sort of driven by the YouTube community. You know, we have a far more cohesive, stronger line of communication when it comes to advocating video games. Even even five years ago, things were a lot more accidental in terms of indie games, the words being spread and such like that. So that's that's the first version I played. And then I got a PSP and a friend of mine hacked it. So like, oh, yeah, you can run um, homebrew stuff. And mostly I wanted to play like Japanese shmups for the PS1. <laughs> but then I was on a website like, oh, Cave Story, there's a version for that. So whereas the previous version I played for like two minutes, here I actually played it a considerable amount because it was portable and such like that. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into kind of our initial pre- impressions of the game and what we thought – um, ben, can you give like a an overview of like the story? Because I'm still not quite sure. Because like now I'm actually playing to the beginning of it right now, and then, like the story seems to change from like everything being unknown to okay, you kind of have an idea of what's going on, but it's still at least for me, there's still a lot of gaps because I'm sure I didn't get the best ending possible. Yeah. Well, so you forth. definitely start at nothing, and you wake up not knowing who you are, what you are really in this cave. And then you find out that you're on this floating island full of these little fluffy little creatures named Mimigas, and that um, they're sort of being currently terrorized by a dude named the Doctor, who's sort of just like taking them away one by one. You find out that uh, 
Toriko, one of the little Mamiga girls, like her brother was recently killed by the doctor and that you pretty much take it upon yourself to just sort of find out what's going on and like try to stop this doctor guy. But as things go on, you realize that like there's more to it than that, that this whole island has a certain lore to it with this thing called like the demon's crown where like it's just this crown that imbues like the wearer with like sick energy created by like witches and stuff that they really get into that isn't really explained unless you get like the super best ending. But um mm-hmm. yeah, and from that you There's also the red flowers. Yeah, the red flowers start to come into play. You start to learn about this team of like researchers who came to the island, like and they start to come into the story. And yeah, you pretty much it pretty much becomes a mission for you to stop the doctor before he takes these red flowers, which apparently awaken some sort of true power within the Mimigas, but also makes them rabid. He's It's like uh reminds me of like in Batman. Uh, Bane, that juice that he plugs into himself and buffs him out. Except for this, this stuff buffs him out. Yeah, it's like it's like berserker it mode. Crazy. Yeah, and like yeah. the doctor's plan was to like use the demon crown to use the red flowers to take control of all these mamigas and like lay waste to the entire planet. So you learn yes. that, and you're like, nope. So you go fight off the doctor. I think so. They just like drop you into this game, and the storytelling is so like it's cute, but it's also disjointed <laughs> maybe is what i, I would so describe because like, like you didn't like the storytelling or the the very beginning i think is very like they just show like this guy talking on a computer i am mm-hmm. chatting with someone else and you're like what's going on and i think it really sets this kind of um almost like a, a, a humorous kind of tone for mm-hmm. the game which i don't necessarily think it keeps up in the end game and uh ben and i were kind of talking about this on twitter that this game does hit a very broad range of emotions mm-hmm. that it, it represents. I think at the beginning, it's a little more happy-go-lucky. You're not really sure what this evil is. And then shit gets real. Yeah, it's well, sort I of like Mother fast. 3. I don't think it's quite as well told, but Mother 3 shares a sem- similar, like, lighthearted when it needs to be vibe, but really tells, like, a, a serious and heart-rending story. A serious I, story, I, yeah. I, I think one of the strengths of the game is actually the, one of the best parts is the storytelling, where you really are sort of... you. Your character starts out with a blank slate, and you're in the middle of this whole thing going on. And much mm-hmm. like real yeah. life, things are there's funny moments, there's sad moments, and stuff like that. And I think it's just the way it reveals itself is actually quite effective. You know, you yeah. really do get sort of swept up in the in the action. I'm like, oh, this is a really serious situation, and but it's it's you know it sort of throws you for a cur- curveball because I love the whole weird wacky I am session. Yeah, you know? oh, I found yeah. it very cute. Yeah, and definitely. It, and it got, but like you can sort of even tell like there's a lot of subtext and a lot of the uh, the importance of things. Like you can tell early on, even still, even though it's sort of comical that there's a it's a dire situation. Like okay, mm-hmm. this person, whoever this person is, he's in a really bad spot, and hopefully, eventually, I'll be there and I'll meet him and I'll help him out and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think it has really good build up and good foreshadowing in terms of the story and like once you hear the whole once you hear everything and again there's a lot of hints drop like when you first hear about the red petals I don't know about you but I didn't really think about it but then you find out oh wow there's a real serious significance to these flowers and oh the blood pressure oh it actually turns them into crazy homicidal etc etc yeah that dropping you in and it it reminds me a lot of uh, like Nintendo games like how, but way more fleshed out because yeah. you just kind of get thrown in there. You kind of have to figure out on your own talking to people. If you don't talk to everyone, you mm-hmm. don't get all those bits of story and find yeah. out what's happening. But um, 
the initial impressions I had were that the kids are saying kind of like a love letter to older games. Like uh, the very first cave, I think it's even yeah, called that, cave. right? Like first cave when you start the game and you start jumping around like I put this on Twitter. It's like this game feels good. Yeah. And even when I got frustrated, it always felt good. Like the yeah. jumping controls, the different items up. you get, it just felt right i don't know i wish i could describe it better but it just feels very solid but um it also much like a nintendo game does like it's very harsh with (laughs) teaching you things and it teaches you very quickly like from the very beginning there's these spikes that you kind of obviously you see their spikes you're like okay let me jump over and avoid these but there's like this second set of spikes that like your momentum kind of carries you (laughs) a little bit and you every time i play the game even when i just started again now I jump right into those spikes and you instantly die. <laughs> like you're dead and you have I to mean, start it's over. It's sort of like that, that cruel, a crueler version of like the Mario teaching method where, I mean, that game oh, is yeah. designed to like <laughs> teach you the mechanics in like five minutes or like five seconds. Yes. Really. Which is, it's so true, but like I did that like three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> like I just kept dying that same one. Um, but you can move around and you finally get your first weapon, the polar star, which is this gun and, um, and at that point, I, I just felt like so lost. Like, okay, what? Why do I get in this gun? Like, what? What am I? Am I a human? Am I a bad guy? What is this? And who are these little bunny rabbit people? And so there's all these questions. And as you go along, it's almost like a really good like a murder <laughs> mystery book. All the things eventually yeah. become answered, and it's one of those very compelling things. Think that about keeps it. Like forward. even you, like think- the path you took, Garrett. Like you didn't even. Well, we're, we're not to that yet, but like you didn't find out much about your character, did you? Like you never found no, out your name. No, I have no idea. Like, well, like all I know is he's like a robot from the surface who was a soldier. Who most of them were bad guys, but for some reason uh-huh. you're not a bad guy. Okay, that's all I really I know mean, about it, him. I I think the thing is like you're sort of it's it's almost like if you were playing Super Mario Brothers right now for the first time in 2011. I would imagine the things you're saying is like so I'm a plumber <laughs> and there's like I'm in this mushroom kingdom. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, yeah. I think it really emphasized that, like, back in the day, you didn't need so much backstory and context. Like, you just need, okay, action. Yeah. All right, I I know what I can do, mm-hmm. and I'll be propelled forward. And, you know, again, it's like, I think that sort of points to the fact that a lot of games do tell you too much. And, again, we have a whole puzzle. It's slowly being revealed. And I like yeah, the mystery. It, it, I like in a the good way. Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't do it like a... I feel Nintendo games did it to your detriment sometimes, like just to make gameplay well, yeah, I think be they longer. Did just but because they're game... old, antiquated games, like game design just wasn't yeah. at that point. Here, it's very deliberate in taking what was good about that formula yeah. and like really fine tuning it. So let's talk about the first the the first parts of the game. So like your initial impressions um, when you start getting into the first couple le- levels, like the egg, uh, corridor. the egg. Was it called egg, egg zone? Corridor. Egg corridor. Um, so like one of my first impressions that I loved was not just that it's very strict, like the whole idea of instant death. Like when you get to, when you try to exit the first cave and you see the door and so you go and touch the door and it immediately <laughs> kills you. I was just like, this game is such a troll sometimes. <laughs> like, come on. But you pick up your first, um, health tank. I forget. Is it a health uh, tank? Yeah. Life tank. Either way, it looks like an energy tank from Super Metroid yeah. and it makes the same kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very. I was just like, once that happened, it's like, oh, I love you, gamer. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> I love energy tanks, but um, and then there's a uh, in that very intro section, like there's this, there's some dialogue exchange where 
Kazuma is like typing to somebody and he says something like, um, it's like, it's this kind of cheesy kind of humorous back and forth, but it reminds me how someone would be doing yeah. IM message, but then he goes something like, lol, I ate a bug. But, but if, I, if I had to, I would. If it came to it, <laughs> I would. And, and that's where I think the tone of this game goes from such two very different places. Like that's where it starts. And in the end, it's very like life or death. People are dying mm-hmm. and, and so forth. But that was kind of my initial impressions, Ben, the coming back the second time playing on 3ds. So what did you, what did you think? Playing it again on the 3ds version? I mean, I was immediately sucked in right away just by how like detailed and alive. Suddenly these areas were like the Mamiga village. For some reason, when I played originally, I, I never felt like I was inside of a floating island sometimes like sure there's like the rocky background and such but i mean it just feels like you're in like this open area and you're not really enclosed by anything but this remake really does a good job of making you feel like you're inside of something very alive very alive indeed yeah well Um, i mean okay so well i mean to 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 kind of argue that i mean we sort of mentioned this last time where i saw screenshots of the 3ds version i was very skeptical because it just I like the backgrounds and I like the pixel look of the original game. And the thing about the Mamiga Village is uh, that's one of my favorite areas of the game. Like when you first come there, mm-hmm. you, you don't know what's going on. And there's basically these two rabbit type creatures just arguing with each other. And until yeah. you get the sense, you really realize the, the gravity of the situation. It just seems like a bunch of kids arguing with each other. It's like this one yeah. guy, like I'm the king. I'm like, oh, whatever, dude. And it's like, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm number two. So it seems like really petty squabbling and, the environment seems so simplistic. Lost boys, like yeah, exactly. And the environment seemed to really convey that. It's like you know, it sort of lulled you into thinking that this is no big deal. But at the same time, because you're telling me it was so vibrant in the 3DS version, but I like how it seems so desolate and so like lonely and just so quiet and dead in the original Pixel version. Again, you know, I'm I I can't really make a full judgment on 3DS version I until I play it. You would but. be. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I don't I, think that it necessarily tries to change the tone. I think it just enhances it. Or it, I, yeah, what Garrett is saying. Like I, I see exactly what you're saying. Like a lot of the charm in the original game was just how like minimalistic and simple and effective everything was. And I was honestly expecting to go into the 3DS version being disappointed by like some of the changes they made, like either from music with it being like too complicated or like not sounding good enough, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal, by the way. Dan- Danny Baranowski, who did the music for Super Meat Boy, did the music for the remake. It's really damn good. And um, just the backgrounds are another instance of that. The, 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 one, just, kept, the one complaint I've heard seems- from, like I saw it on the, the forum thread, is that the, the environment seemed a lot darker which makes sense, right? Because it's a cave and everything's supposed to be a lot yeah. more, et cetera, like that. But, um, and I can see why it would be darker because it's in the cave, but there's certain details. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I guess it's the sand, the sand portion of the game where, like, sand zone. Yeah, there's like, it almost seems like there's eyeballs all over the walls. Like, is that retained in the 3DS version? Like, how strongly do they stick with the original pixels or do they go just balls out? We're just going to do completely something different. No, they don't do completely different things. They keep the original aesthetics and they enhance mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I'd say they keep that original spirit for sure okay. when they're playing. There's pluses and minuses of, of doing something completely different. I mean, if they did yeah. stray, I wouldn't begrudge them or something like that. But mm-hmm. So the very intro, you kind of dropped into this Mamiga village. You're not sure what's going on. It's almost kind of an open-ended area because you can kind of take your own path to explore yeah. and talk to it. But then you kind of start 
what the game kind of most of the game is where you go into a teleporter and go through a very kind of linear level and then end up backtracking to achieve some objectives that you learn about later in the level. So mm-hmm. the first one you kind of get dropped into is the uh, egg, egg corridor, corridor, right? Yep. Yep. And it has this. Um, can you kill that thing that runs along the bottom no, you of can't. the level? You can't. You no. cannot. Okay. I don't know what it is, but it's like. It reminds me of a Nintendo game where, like, they have to make a reason for why you can't take the easy yeah, path yeah. of just going on the ground or walking all the way. So <laughs> I think it's just, just like, their security system for the eggs like or whatever. a saw blade or something just comes by and just one shot kills you. But you go through <laughs> on top of these, like, egg-like structures, and it's just such a surreal thing to come through to the, for the first time. Just like, what? Where am I? What, eggs? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you hop around and you kind of encounter your first boss fight right you fight Igor. the tv set dude oh balrog balrog he was actually Bar- soap, of a bar of soap yes soap yeah <laughs> soap <laughs> that would, that's what he was okay. he was inspired by but he's more of a lunchbox oh. than anything <laughs> okay um and then through this section there's a couple like hidden things where you can kind of go into some of the eggs and you have to in order to uh progress um, it, it's very Nintendo-like, where you go into a room with a bunch of computers, read all the screens. One of them says, oh, egg, blah, 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 malfunctioning or something, status red. And if you're just innocuously like, oh, it's just flavor text. Yeah, but no, that's like what it. you need to do. And so There's you can kind of not hit the right notes. Um, so you go through there. Uh, after egg corridor, what's after that? That's, oh, After um, that is where you go to Grasstown, aka Gra- Bushlands. Bushlands, yeah. That was when I first kind of hit my, I don't know, stride of the game, where I thought like, yeah, this is it because game is that song great. is dope? It's a good song. That music you, is really good. You, you finally get another weapon that like you would actually uh, use yeah. less sparingly. You get the, the, the flamethrower guy, and you can also I, get I the, really the like bubbler, that weapon. The bubbly. And then there's like really weird bad guys there, like the the like ghosts. You know, they look like, like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, little, like statues almost like from yeah, uh, from Gradius guys? like the Moe the Easter Island heads they're just sort of standing so, um, there's uh, the frogs and all kinds of weird little oh the jellyfish mm-hmm. and this is the first level you kind of backtrack and go through so I mean I was having a really good time with it but there were just I always and this is in most games I have I get bored with having to go figure out what it wants me to do next and there's a couple moments where it's like you needed to talk to this guy and then go back to here and something yeah. has now changed. Like mm-hmm. I missed a lot of little moments like that. And I would definitely spend, you know, an extra hour on something because of that. But yeah. I don't know what Matt, what were your impressions through this, those kind of stages of the game? Um, I mean, much like you, that's the part of the game where I sort of started really like getting to the groove of things like, all right, I, I sort of know what it's trying to do. There is a certain degree of backtracking, which, I'm not. I don't really mind at this point, but it's like okay, there's someone stuck behind the wall, and then I gotta go here, and I gotta talk to a robot, and he gets crushed. And there's that whole sequence at the end, the very end of the level, where you once uh, because of the because of the fan, depending on how you jump, it pushes you further, and you you get the mm-hmm. first hint of like okay, wow, there's there's a lot of salties in terms of the the jumping mechanics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I enjoyed that part of the game. Um, it wasn't until a bit later on the backtracking in the sand zone. I don't. Maybe we'll talk about this later. Where I'm like, oh, uh, that part of the game, I just that's where it lost me. Yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, Bushlands Grass Town is where people really like get stuck with the game. Like that's the point where you're like, okay, I'm in this. 
just because it's a very, yeah. it's a well-designed level, great music. And I mean, it's also the first point in the game where it really starts rewarding you for magically knowing what this game wants you to do. And yeah. it, for instance, like D- Garrett, I know like you just went for like a straight run. Did you get the bubbling weapon? The what? The the bubble weapon? No. No. I don't. Okay. I got. There's a. There's another weapon I didn't yeah. get. There are multiple weapons you didn't get. I know that like you, you can trade get, on the get. polar star for stuff. No, you. There are so many weapons you didn't get. But um, what? Like with the jellyfish juice that you get there, like one of the first things you have to do is get the jellyfish juice to put out the uh, the fire. In right. like multiple houses to get through or to get like charcoal or whatever that you need for a bomb. There, there is a fireplace in Mamiga Village. And if you get the jellyfish juice and bring it all the way back there and put out the fire in Mamiga Village, there's a weapon behind the fireplace. And it's actually a pretty cool weapon. Like at level one, it's pretty useless. It just shoots bubbles. But at level three, it has like a limit of like 100 bubbles that can be out at once. But you hold it down and like all these like little bubble things start floating around you and it creates sort of like a shield. And if you let go of the button, it like turns them into darts and they just shoot into whatever direction you're pointing. It's a really good weapon. So it's just another weapon like any other one. But I didn't even have that through the whole game. Yeah. It's this game. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> well, that. Well, we, we didn't really mention one of the cooler mechanics about this game for people who haven't played it before. Like every single weapon in this game has like three levels of advancement or whatever that you get from cre- collecting up. these little like Dorito things that float around. And like each of them are like substantial changes in how the weapon works uh, mm-hmm. with maybe the difference being like the fireball or whatever. But very in-depth and cool uh, weapon system. The rocket yes, launcher, by the way, is like it's the one of the coolest effects. Oh, yeah. Like... You really feel like you're blowing the crap out of things. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. You know, but, yeah. You can just spam the I'm crap so out of that I'm so stingy with thing. that, though. Oh, yeah. Me too. Even though every guy you kill drops missiles all the time. Yeah. Um, okay. So after, after that, you progress into Sand Zone. Um, and at this point, this is where I first started to feel like the actual story was starting to make a little sense. Like, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this doctor is the bad guy. He's... It's almost reminds me like a PETA themed video game. It's like, it's like doing <laughs> animal experimentation and taking the Migas and taking them away and making them bad. And so you're trying to rescue all, all your buddies. But um, you go to the sand zone and this is another zone where like I didn't understand what the game was trying to communicate to me. And so I got hmm. through it. And the first thing that happens to me is I get into a fight with another robot named Curly. Curly. Uh, and she uh, has machine gun and she dealt me the first time and then we fight more and eventually she goes do you want to t- take my machine gun because your polar star so bust I'm like yeah why well, not and here's where the two paths start yeah and that's yeah, where I've, everyone's yeah. like oh well now you can't blah blah I'm just yeah. like what <laughs> really it is I, no it is well, it, no, the, I, I, but no there are many benefits to taking either path to this game like, there are multiple choices you can make that severely affect, like, how you are going to play the game from there on in. So taking the machine gun really is not a bad mistake. If it's your first time playing, it's probably recommended. Because, like, you get the ability to, like, hover yeah. Oh, yeah. so early. You get that, that uh, when you level it up to level three and just shoot down, your guy yeah. gets knocked back by the propulsion upwards. So mm-hmm. that was super useful once I learned that. Garrett, you're just frustrated yeah. that something so innocuous had such a... Yeah. Have such a massive. I just wish I had some sort of See, life. And that's what this. But that's life, isn't it? Honestly, like, you know, that is probably my biggest. Don't think about has a huge effect later on. I mean, that's 
That's a cop mm, out. Just a little. That's very true, Matt. But I, I want to pretty much address my only gripe with this game, and that is just how meticulous the process of getting to the best ending of this game is. Because like everything is that little thing that if you just choose one innocuous little thing at one certain point, you could have just screwed everything up. And I mean, if you have a guide, it's easy and you know what to do. But I feel like someone playing through, it's just so easy to not know the thing that you just did was a bad thing. It's too, yeah. And the machine gun is one of them. It's too easy to make the wrong choice. I mean, there's another part, we'll get to it, where if you do this other thing, it penalizes you. But to do the right thing is so difficult that unless someone told you exactly what to do, that person would have never stumbled across it. At least with the the exactly. at least with the gun thing, even logic defies the fact. I only knew about it because someone told me. Oh, by the way, if you do this, otherwise I would have never known. It doesn't make sense that that type of innocuous. So I can see your frustration. Like it's one thing to have a little tiny um, decision have a profound effect, but when that little tiny decision just makes no sense for it being such a profound thing. I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. That's yeah. where it starts to feel a bit of like, a, okay, this is a little, this is a little silly. But I will say this is one of the few games that I won't give it such a negative mark for it because it's such a pleasure to play. True. Coming back to discover those other things, very, very true, is very nice because there's a lot of games where they'll have those sorts of gimmicky. Here's a reason to play the game See, again, and it. There's nothing really worth rewarding other than just playing the game again. Or here, I no. think it really does provide uh, some different things to explore, oh, like majorly now. different you things. You say that now, Garrett, but once we get to the labyrinth, I'm going to explain to you like Why one thing that you're awesome. supposed to do and how that's Well, let's really move gone. on from so. Sansom. The only thing I wanted to point out there besides that decision was this was also the first place where I'm like, okay, I got to the end of the zone. I find a guy pick up a dog i'm like cool i got a I got a dog buddy now he's just he's just my bro <laughs> let's go cute. places so i just got a buddy and i go back to the beginning and i'm like oh there's dogs here too and it's like you can't have more than one dog i'm like that's fine okay got one dog so what and i'm just like what do i do with these dogs really and i had to look up an faq to figure out what i had done and when you, you- drop down to the lower level which i had already explored there was like just a little side door that I had missed yeah, that's and that's where uh, okay. it would have just, uh, oh, okay, this is where the plot would have gone a little bit further, but it no. would have just been nice. Like if you go all the way back to the beginning and you have the dog on their back, like, Hey, that's blah, blah, blah's dog. You should, uh, go I find think they me. actually do mention that. They like, say that it's around, but they don't, they don't say specifically. Where it is. You also are blessed with playing the 3ds version, which has an amazing map on the bottom screen that is not present at all in any other version of the game. And that tells you where There's every single map? door and everything else is on the bottom screen. You did not see that map. Mine's just always inventory. Really? How do I make it to a map? Default. So I hit the inventory button and just close. Did, oh, you didn't find the map. That's one, of the, map. That's one of the early, that's one yeah, of the very in first things Mimiga village. <laughs> yeah. If you explore Mimiga village, you'll find a map. Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay. Yeah. So no. So Ben, like the, one of the, I, I was playing the, 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 the version for this. I was playing the DSI version, which has a couple mm-hmm. of annoying quirks, which I think perhaps everyone sure. knows about. And one of them is the map. Like it's not always on. Is that the case of the 3DS yeah. version? 
it's always yeah, it's on. Yeah, always on on the bottom uh, screen. It tells you exactly where you are. It tells just, you where like healing things are. It tells you where doors are. It's so frustrating. It's, it's like perfect. on the DSi version, I have a second screen there, but it's always black, yeah. and I have to literally really? pause it and da 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 da. But so real quick though, it's like so you guys didn't mind the whole puppy fetching thing because that's where I went. Okay, this is getting over. No, well at that point I was very familiar with where all the dogs were. <laughs> very familiar. Well, there's a map. See. This game, what? No, it doesn't make me mad. It's just that's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna call out that Garrett didn't mind the sand zone so much because he had the machine gun. Yeah, I did have the machine gun. Star and the fireball and the missiles, and that's it at this point. Sand zone is a bitch because like you're you're going through this whole area where multiple at multiple points you have to fight like these really powerful enemies that don't get taken down very easily by your main gun, like on the ground. There are multiple parts where, like, you, there are just a legion of birds in the sky for some reason that you need carrying to take the, down. Carrying the skulls, Yeah, right? carrying the skulls that are also yeah. shooting things at you. It's the first real challenge in this but game, even, I But even that, it just seems so... It really felt Tedious? like busy work. It, was that? It did. Because it, just, it just felt like it sort of betrayed You have to go back and forth point. multiple times. It just seemed a little ridiculous. And also, the payoff was, I thought, a bit unsatisfactory. You get all the dogs together, it's like, all right, well... She's gone. This yeah. dog said meow. Yeah, I don't know. That, for me, that was the first part. Oh. The, I tried playing it years ago, and I got to that point. I'm like, okay, screw this noise. I don't really want to go any further. Yeah, so. I think that's the weakest part of the game, personally. Uh, but yeah. okay. once you Let's get past, past that. that then. Yeah. Uh, ooh, what's next? Gosh, um, After that, you get sent to the labyrinth. The prison. Right, they get captured. Yeah, so they, like find the the, they find the red flowers, and you get sent down. And so that's where, again, a lot more of the story mm-hmm. starting to, to be unlocked. And you get into this, like... Because that's when you meet Jenka, who is... Reminds me like a deal. Wally, in a way. <laughs> Thrown into, like, this trash compactor, oh. sort of, and <laughs> find your way out with other robots. I, and, I thought the Jawa uh, sandcrawling myself. Oh, um, yes. Oh. <laughs> that, that's also a good one. Um, but you... Uh, when you start progressing through, you learn about these little beetle guys, right, who, like, are supposed to be guarding this area, but they've been there so long they don't remember what they're guarding anymore. Yeah, so they talk about jerks. how a witch, Jenka, like, sealed them yeah. down there. Yeah. Um, this is another section where the first, I think a lot of people in the forum thread talked about this, where the save system started to not be nice to me anymore. <laughs> Like up until this point, the safe system has always been very convenient. True. Here's a good place to save before something important happens oh, in which yeah. you might die. And this is the first point at which you can get into the, er- the earliest save you can find. You're still going to be progressing through a, yeah. a pretty like good part the of the level, level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to right. get to where you keep dying over and over. Mm-hmm. And that comes up more and more as the game progresses. And it's like, okay, I get that we're rationing up that uh, that difficulty. But I can it see where it makes... a little artificial. Because people can just... rage quit. Well, I know. I guess they were so friendly in the beginning. I thought, okay, even if this game is really hard, I'll slowly progress through because I'll at least be able to save at some point mm-hmm. and then beat that really hard part, get to the next save point. But no, this one wants you to be pretty good. <laughs> they want you to be pretty competent. Um, but this is the section where... How, is this where you first get the little uh, booster guy? The point eight thing? <sighs> And this is another As, decision, right? Where if you don't well, get it, you, know. you can get a very you get a better one later. If no, okay, Garrett, the thing here where 
you're skipping all the way past the boss, which I think is one of the harder bosses in the game. Yes. The oh, is that X. is the booster the already after X. the boss? Yeah. yeah. Okay, never mind. Let's not quite go there then. Yeah. Like you fight um, the little ghost. Um, you find Curly down there. Actually, she got sent down there as well. Yeah. You have to get her some medicine because she's sick. And this is where, like, the trend starts where you just have to save Curly from everything, really. So, this is, like, okay, Curly, I, uh, for a while, she hangs out with you in the game. Oh, Garrett, you need to play the and, game again. And then I didn't play it right because she didn't hang out with me for no. much of the game after uh, that. Oh, well, yeah. She was gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, and that's where I was like, man, this game is so heavy. <laughs> Everybody who's your bro no, no. gets turned into some evil creature that you have to kill. Now, Garrett, was that... Was- now, didn't you sort of get the feeling that maybe you had done something wrong? Like, where is this? Yes. Where is this curly yeah. chick? <laughs> like, that's sort of like, like well, this. She, she seems like she's on the cover, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, maybe shouldn't she be around for like, the rest <laughs> of the game? Like, there she is. And yet but she no. wasn't. She wasn't in my game. <laughs> she died on the island, unfortunately. But yeah, um, you fight the monster X cat dude. So let's talk about that boss, because um, at that point, I was a little worried I wasn't going to make it through the game in time, because I kept coming to these things where I'm like, if I keep progressing forward, I just get stuck, because there's something I needed to do that I missed. So I would go to FAQ, I was like, oh, you needed to talk to that guy, and then the door hmm. opens or whatever. So um, I was reading like the general strategy for Monster X, and I was like, okay, you know, that seems okay. And I get to the fight. And every time I fought him, like four or five times, I would always get him like almost oh, dead man. as he killed me. And it felt okay. I was like, all right. The fight itself, I was, I felt good about. I'm like, okay, I could have done better. I could have done this. It was the freaking walk back to the fight that was such a... Uh, and there's a, a really good forum post that <laughs> I think it was Rune Devros about basketball. Like, it's like playing basketball where if you took a shot and missed you have to walk all the way home oh. you start back at home you have to walk all the way back to the court yeah which no, I thought, that's definitely kind of but game. not really because there's fun stuff to do along the way mm-hmm. to kill guys but like if you want to just play basketball yeah that's going to be frustrating but if you like to go for a nice walk and say hi to everybody as you're walking to the basketball court maybe it's not the most painful <laughs> thing ever but yeah I, I just realized we missed a pretty big plot point where you get the uh, blade weapon where um like oh, where yeah, you find where the, so the, the red flowers are, they uh, they force feed um, Toriko one of them. Yeah, and that's, kill her, the, and then that's where it starts to get really heavy. Like, oh my god, now people are yeah. dropping like flies. I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like oh, the man, first I'm two people you meet everyone. out in the same scene. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's and that's right. That's like man, case story, serious business. All of a sudden, <laughs> everything was so happy. And Lola ate a bug. JK, JK. not anymore. Not Everybody's JK. dying up in here. Anyway, um, there, yeah. one of my notes. So the main character is a robot? Question mark. Oh, <laughs> and then where did they point that, that finally? Uh, I picked up a dog. No big deal. That's a pretty sweet dog. The story was revealed <laughs> uh, with each dog, which is kind of interesting. Because every dog, you go back and you drop it off at the chick and she tells you a little bit more about the world. Witch, um, yeah. I like that. But um, yes, but my note for Monster X was despite him killing me over and over, I thought it was a great mm-hmm. boss fight because I never felt frustrated that it was cheap. I always thought, okay, I see where I could be better at this. I just didn't like having to walk all the way back yeah. every time. So, um, but what did you, Matt, what did you think of Monster X? Uh, I like. I mean, that's that was the part of the game where I was really impressed by the graphics. 
where everything seemed fairly static and all the enemy sprites were oh yeah modest. The all of a sudden there's this feet. huge tank like oh my god yeah it's big and there's just piloted just, by a cat oddly enough exactly so <laughs> yeah i just you know i like the again because maybe i i'm projecting star wars and all this stuff it's like all right now <laughs> i'm in this trash heap i gotta figure out what's going on i gotta help this curly chick and etc like that and there's this gigantic tank thingy i have a thing for cats i have a thing for tanks so cat <laughs> tanks that just makes perfect sense to me so so ben did you have much trouble with uh this guy uh, in previous playthroughs, he was always one of the most difficult, and the the whole basketball metaphor was really a problem there as well. But for some reason this time, I'm not sure if it was just because like the 3DS version was a bit easier, or I thoroughly cleared out the area of beetles before the fight started, which is a very good thing to do if you don't do that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have too much problem. It took me a couple tries, but no, mm, I took him but- out fairly easily with the uh, level okay. 3 blade. Um, so I'm wondering at this point, um, Crystal's saying that I probably missed the arms barrier. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think I got that. Cause that's the one that makes it when you take damage, you lose less experience yeah, on your, but weapons. you get that, I you get that, that way later. I got that. And I got the one that like freer machine gun recharges the ammo quicker, but that's like the only two things like Where that. Where was I got. that? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't get I that know. weapon, so I, never I don't know. Yeah, you probably had to get that weapon for it to yeah. to do it. Um, but then right after that is when you get the little booster. Oh, yeah, right after here well, is the yeah. the oh yeah the split point where you need to decide whether or not you are getting the good ending or not. Really. So wait, it wasn't back when you well, decided to sure, choose that like, gun. Sure, but like this is this is where it starts to get a little bullshitty. Yeah, because definitely. you know, because you walk into this room. And you see Professor Booster fall from the sky down below. And your first instinct is to be like, oh no, I'm going to go check on him, see if he's okay. And then you go down here, you talk to him, and in his dying breath, he gives you his booster that he had been working on. He said mm-hmm. that like you find out that he had been transported there by misery and all that stuff. And then he gives you the booster, and he, he dies. And that's it. What you're supposed to do is when you walk into this room, there's a tiny little mark on the floor. Little red dot. And... Yeah, in the original game, it's a red dot. In this one, it's just like a dark little line. Oh, I'm really? not sure why they made it oh, less. Wow. I mean, you Jeez. can still see it there. But okay. I, I, I feel right. it being red was at least a bit better. It was a su- it was a sign that's okay. What you know? Why is this here? It just seems so out of yeah. out of left field. Mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. but what you're supposed to do is say F- Professor Booster <laughs> and jump across and keep going. What? Because yep. by doing that, you don't make him expend his energy to like give you his booster and make him talk, and he gets better instead of dying. Because he gives you booster version 1.0, and by skipping him, you can get booster version 2.0, which is more powerful but harder to use, believe it or not. So it's mm-hmm. it's 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 all levels of frustration. So what does the second one do? Because the first one's just kind of like a little yeah, it just sort of booster. Yeah, it's nothing compared to, like, the machine gun or it's anything useful. like that. But you can um, change directions with yeah. the other one, and you can do it for a lot longer than if you, if you If you skip out on Curly's machine gun, this is a definite thing to compensate because, yes. oh, okay. yeah. But, but now, okay. Garrett, uh, imagine that you're continuing from this point, and if you still have the Polar Star, you didn't trade it for the machine gun, and you did oh. not just get the booster. The booster. You still can't float anywhere, which you have been doing hard. since Sand Zone. Just think of yeah. not doing that at all. 
Well, to be fair, I didn't actually try the float thing until you were saying, dude, it's great. It lets you float things. Oh, okay. Like, huh? <laughs> and that already beaten Sansone at that point. It's like, oh, this would have been super useful at that one really difficult part near the end of Sansone. Oh, well. <laughs> so so would have a map because FAQ kept saying oh if you use your map you can see that yeah. this is there I'm like what map what button am I not pushing to like yeah. there's an inventory button that's it oh, oh, so. Crystal points out in the chat that um, in the labyrinth the previous section you can also there's also another opportunity to get a weapon called the snake which uh, one of the bug dudes in like that little peaceful area where you get the arms oh, barrier oh yeah like the bug shop yeah if you still have the polar star and the fireball um, one of the dudes, like at a cash register, will be like, eh, dude stole all my stuff. But if you give me your Polar Star and your Fireball, I'll give you this weapon called the Snake. And mm-hmm. it's actually a really good weapon. It goes through walls, which is oh, cool. pretty cool. But you lose but the fire you, guy? You lose the fire and you lose your main gun. I like gun. the fire gun a lot. I still use it a I, lot. I feel when you get the Fireball, it's a lot. It's really useful and like really good. For those certain but, fights, yeah. yeah but loses, after that, it's, it's I only thought it was good for an... Um, early on where there was these pits and the fireballs will yeah. let you know okay don't walk over here and as Zayef points out it's actually the first booster is 0.8 not 1.0 so yeah gotta when you that. get towards like po- points in the game where you're like so low on health that you're gonna die I would always pull up the fireball and like yeah. get next to a wall like just yeah, yeah, yeah. shoot it over the tarp and arc <laughs> it over a wall and let it go and kill all the things on the other that's side that's how so. to do it um, so is this where so after you get the booster is this where you start getting through more of the labyrinth than you get to the core yep the core fight is yeah. right after that right and after that, that is such jump. a weird all of a sudden the game takes another kind of turn like wow mm-hmm. what is this crazy like what is this place we are this island and there's this creature this life essence and that he lives sh- yeah, here's, here's where here's where the, this world is really complete like when you finish this fight and like misery is like what are you doing do you want this island to crumble with all of you in it but before that, um, like, or if you didn't get the booster and you have the Polar Star, not the machine gun, in that room before the fight starts, like after you open all the doors, on the ground is an item that you have to pick up in the water called the tow cable. And that's what you need to, like, tie Curly to you yeah. after that fight so she doesn't die. So that fight itself is definitely one of the more intense battles in this game. Like, the music really kicks in. And just shit's really flying everywhere for the first time in this game. I feel, and, and he's sh- really he shooting fight. sperm. You guys, didn't yes, that part there's a lot of bad guys that a lot of shoot sperm, sperm in this game. like bad guys. Uh, uh, Garrett, did you find uh, Curly's panties? Oh, no, yeah. I, Curly. After that, <laughs> that point, and you fight the core and you beat it. Curly's just down there dead. Yeah. I, I'm assuming, and I go to her and I get her little bubble thing. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. Sorry, Curly. Like everyone else who I've met in this game, you're dead too. Yeah, but from that Apparently point, not. yeah, if you get the tow cable, you take her with you. And uh, wait, before cable? before we keep going, like, do we have wait, anything to say about? Cable? No, no, no. That's what I just said. Like, if you if you're doing things right to get the best ending, yeah, yeah. on the ground in that room, you'll find the tow. There's cable. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but you have to get it before the fight starts, or else. Yeah, didn't do that. There's no chance to actually get it just because mm-hmm. the water starts raising up and stuff like that yeah so. yeah but yeah i love how i love how i mentioned to is, garrett that there's you can actually find her panties and he just like totally doesn't care like oh yeah whatever you know her underwear yeah. he's an androgynous robot <laughs> he loves everyone equally yeah yeah not, not a big deal you <laughs> say ben this really is like a multifaceted fight and that you're worrying about all the sperm flying everywhere and just the fact that everything's so chaotic and huge 
but you're also worrying about drowning. Like the water yeah. level raises and lowers like pretty much yeah. whatever it feels like during this fight. And you really Let's have to worry about, about like how slow you're moving and you just have it? to try not to drown, which is it rather me of the, instant. The Ridley fight, not Ridley. No, um, the Kraid fight in Super Metroid, because kind of that multi-tier thing oh, where yeah. you're trying to jump on different platforms. The first kind of major boss you fight, Ben, the green dude with the arms and you have to jump over all of his little fingers that he's throwing at you and stuff mm. in Super Metroid. But yeah. Um, okay. Um, but I don't know. I didn't really have too much trouble with the core. Not as much as I had with the previous boss. So he, he's, <laughs> his pattern is a bit easier to, to sort of figure out. And the fact that there's more yeah. footing, I think that makes it a definitely more easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What happens next? After that is where you can either save Curly or you don't. And then you go through the waterway. Oh, okay, the waterway was kind of a sort of fun change up fun in gameplay. Area. Yeah, it's like it's, it reminds me of like of a like every video game back in the day had a kind of level like that yeah. where you don't really kind of have full control. It's more of a like a ride, like a Disneyland thing. Mm-hmm. Just kind of oh, and the um, the and Ben probably already knows this, but the the boss of that level, the fish dude, he's yeah. actually he's actually the boss from that shmup that that pixel made uh, before Cave Story. Yeah. So it's like a yeah, little just a nice little cameo homage. for that. And how do you get the alien metal? You just don't get hit by him. But I, I, oh, okay. I yeah, I didn't get I, it. I, I didn't get it. Yeah. Well, does that does it do something? No, it's that just metal? like you get like these medals throughout the game or like badges or whatever. They're just like cool little collectible items to say you got them. Yeah. Like, um, like the I think so in the final cave, like you get like the red ogre medal or something just for like getting the best. Uh-oh. ending pretty much okay so yeah, also get- oh in that waterway oh. is another bullshit moment i, I just i feel like i should <laughs> highlight all this stuff for the listeners in case they want to play through it again just to keep these things in mind yeah and yeah. just to talk about how really stupid kind of the the pathway to succeeding at this game is like in the in the waterway there's like a little hut did you find that garrett there's like a room with like a bed and a save point mm, i don't think so oh no i did there yeah. wasn't anything in there yeah, there wasn't anything in there, but if you have Curly with you, that's where you're supposed to, like, make her drop better. Drop her off. Yeah. No, no, you're not supposed to drop her off, but the game tricks you into wanting to drop her off, and that's bullshit, because you get in there, <laughs> you, like, rest on the bed, and, like, Curly's on the bed. You you talk to her a few times, and it's just like, well, she's not doing anything, and then you go to check the computer once, and it, like, says something unimportant, but what you have to do is, like, check it again. And it says something. It's like, oh, I had some interesting stuff in my, uh, yeah, in my uh, bookcase. So you go over there, and you're supposed to like check out the bookcase and see that there was a manual on how to like fix flooded robots. But from there, if you if you go into this room and rest and save, and you see Curly's on the bed, and like you try to talk to her, it's just like, well, she's gonna be here for a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you'll leave. But once you leave, you cannot go back into that room. So it's your from that instance. But yeah, like even after you drain her, it tells you that, um, oh, it's going to take a while. So if you leave from there, you're screwed and you can't go back in. What you're supposed to do is like still check her a few more times. And it's like, do you want to take her with you anyway? And then you do. And then you leave. It's just very teeth pulley. Well, having not known any of that, I don't feel too bad. But mm-hmm. if I was trying well, to like, accomplish I don't, all those things. I don't feel yeah. bad because, I mean, I figured it out, but... 
I would just feel very bad for people who fell into that because I certainly have before. Or people like me who thought they had beaten the game when they flew off on a dragon with a guy to live happily ever <laughs> after. And yeah, was, yeah, where's the like, girl? I was like, guys, I beat it. I mean, it's just going to be me in the sky now. But we flew away in a dragon. And it was pretty music. So obviously this is the end of the game. Obviously. Apparently, Even though it's like, like, maybe dude. the doctor killed everybody, but we were hanging out. Who knows? Yeah, I was like, no, me and that guy are going to play uh, some board games. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, so you get back after the waterway in the village, and it's just dead. Yep. There's no like one the there. Music's the music's like solemn. Like, and so sad. Slow. Everybody's dead. Everybody's been abducted. Everyone's been transformed into a boss that I have to kill. <laughs> so sad. But um, this is where you first go back to the, or you egg go back to the, the egg zone. And, and it's, it's just like trash. chaos. It's like trash. Um, and this is another zone where I actually thought was really frustrating because there's like almost no saves in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just this one point where like the first time I got through it, no problem. I get past it and die and I have to go through it again. So there's the room you go into and you have to shoot a block above you and it drops like, like the game's version of a thwomp. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you're yeah. underneath that, dead. Now, by <laughs> this point, if you still had the polar star, you could have went back to that start cave and upgraded it for the ultimate weapon, the spur. And I think that's the best weapon in the game. And if spur is awesome. It, it, yeah. yeah, it works in its own sort of mechanics outside of like the leveling one where if yeah, you hold like down the shoot mechanic. button, yeah, you, you charge it up. I, and if you charge it up to level three, it just shoots this huge beam that pretty much... I don't, I don't know how anyone could beat the game without the spur, really. Honestly, it's, yeah. Like, yeah, it's hot, you know. Easily, Did you get the spur? Yeah, I got the spur. Now, because, oh, again... I knew from a friend of mine who's like a diehard Cave Story fan. He's like, by the way, next time you, he told me like, the next time you play this game, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. And much like <laughs> you, it's like what I did is like I went to an FAQ to like just get the bullet points. I'm like, all right, these are the things I need to do. And I didn't really pay attention to the, like boss strategies and stuff like that. So, so yeah, the spur. So it, it, it's, it sucks because like I can't understand how anyone could play this game without the spur, but yeah. I guess it is beatable without it. It, right? it is beatable, but it, it's kind of a nice payoff because for the whole game, like you're holding on to this Polish star and dealing with so much crap because you didn't get like the machine gun. Everything's been so much harder for you until you get the spur. And then it's like, oh, yeah, right, the, game's over, guys. Let's go. Yeah, the spur was the, the, the spur was the moment where I'm like, okay, I can relax now because it's, yeah. it's starting to get really, That's really difficult. And th- it's a point where like, okay, I don't think I can really stick with this. But then when I heard like, you got to get the spur, it's the super weapon. It's really powerful, but it's also fun to use. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it doesn't feel cheap. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm kicking ass and I feel like, you know, I'm a badass, but you know, it, it's absolutely necessary. Like, you paid the price yeah. to get it. Yeah, for sure. So you beat the so game without the okay. spur. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe that's another reason I had hell? so much. Jeez. Yeah, I think so. Time, but I mean, you didn't have the nemesis um, either, which yikes. What the hell's the nemesis? It's another weapon you get. You could have yeah, gotten it. You could have gotten it without here's what I without have the, it. Oh, Here's what I ended the game with. Machine gun, little flame dude, missiles, and the sword. <laughs> That's yeah. it. But even even the way to the, get the spur is like remember in the very beginning of the game you get this gun from the sleeping guy and then yeah, like yeah. you get it from a guy he wo- he's woken up at this point yeah so you, you took back, my you gun to and the, and there's Jerk. this there's this wacky exchange again this like I like how everything sort of connects in the game mm-hmm. like you find out about these these pedals but there's a big significance Gosh, I feel like I played this game right that's why it's so replayable. It's yeah. like it's like you're you're watching a movie 
but it's edited for television. And they cut <laughs> out certain parts because of time restrictions. Mm-hmm. And these things are like maybe not the most important things in the world. Maybe it's not a good example. But once you hear the whole story, it's like, wow, this really – it feels more alive, like more rich. Yeah. Well, and the whole story if you actually complete health. Is there a, a new game plus? I'd love to keep all my stuff. No, and unfortunately back through not. And pick up the other unfortunately stuff. Unfortunately not. Okay. I think there is like oh. a – didn't you for beating it? On the 3DS one? Like, there no, is that question mark not. one. There's that, but I haven't unlocked it. Yeah, there's... So. On the Wii version, uh, there's uh, the curly mode. I haven't even bothered yeah. with that. I don't know if it's a different story or... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really think so. I haven't played yeah. it. Um, so you get to the egg zone. You fight... I, I didn't even see a point to this. You go into like a room where there's like a missile tank or something, and then all of a sudden it's a boss fight with like these two dragons. That oh yeah, yeah. Once you learn the, the pattern, it's like yeah. really easy. But it's just like, what was that? <laughs> you you actually don't have to fight that boss if you don't. Yeah, get you the don't because if you don't get those missiles, but and, and allegedly, like, like you can still like rush to that door in time after you get the missiles and still make it out. But that seems really I don't impossible. Know about that I don't know about that. Um, let's see. So after this. So you get to the cave or the the, the egg now, zone again. I actually want to point out like a, a sort of unfortunate difference between the 3DS one and the original. Oh, yeah, game. there's like this weird like w- like path you kind of go. Oh through no no no! The there is zone. that extra mode. There there's like an extra level area that's called like the um, egg corridor detour, which was actually pretty neat. It wasn't that bad, but it sort of makes getting the nemesis more difficult than it should be. But I think aesthetically. I think the egg corridor that's messed up is faulting in many ways. Like, I mean, it's cool that, like, you really see everything torn apart and there's, like, blood on the walls in certain places. But one thing that really got to me when I played the game originally was seeing the hatched sky dragons with, like, their eyes bloodshot with, like, blood dripping down their face. They're supposed to be zombies. cannot... Are they supposed to be zombies? They're supposed to be zombie dragons, yeah. Are they? That's what I just thought they were like. That's what I read. I don't think they're zombies. I think they're just like injured and like like prematurely hatched. And it's just heartbreaking to see these things and like have to kill them. Because like when you kill them, they don't explode like anything else. They just flop over and they're dead. Oh, yeah. They fall over dead. Another. I'm like, man, this game. And like the (laughs) the music's really sad. But yeah. uh, It's sort of an issue with the 3DS one in general. Just the, the 3D models aren't nearly as expressive, I think, as the 2D sprites were. Which, thankfully, they have the classic mode that replaces all the models with the sprites. But, I don't know. I think that was a a big factor that... That was one of the downsides of the 3DS version. Okay, so this is a bit of a deviation, but it sort of makes sense. Uh, You sort of bring it up. So... I don't know about you, but when I was playing the game, I didn't realize that my guy was a robot until it's brought up. But yeah. the 3DS version, he's a robot on the box. So that, that's sort of a spoiler right there. I mean, well, no, like, in, like in, in the original game, like, well, no, I guess they, they only refer to you as a soldier. Well, I mean, but, he's like a pale guy. Well, he has lines he's on his face. He's got like a shiny nose and like face. a little yeah. line here, but you could just think he's got, like some armored man, like a colossal. <laughs> like a robot. Man. He's definitely a robot. <laughs> Or like a robot. Well, no, I mean, even in the uh, the original game, like if the sprites were more detailed, you could see that uh, the character has like those little antennas sticking out of his head, like the little green lines popping too. out. I just thought it was like the like uh, his headset, like a <laughs> or maybe like that. it's just a. It's only what you're wearing, Ben. I mean, come on, like you, you're not true, a robot. True. You just have headsets yeah. with a thing sticking out of it. Okay, so we get through the end of the zone. 
Uh, and then you, gosh, that's I, the outer I, it all wall. blurs together. Yeah, that's the outer wall where outer... you can get the, the bad ending. If you yeah, escape so with like, Cosma. Me and the guy's like, let's, we need to escape. There's nothing else we can do. I'm like, man, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. He's got a, like a white lab coat on. He must be official. I yeah. better go with this guy. <laughs> so I get on the dragon and it's still the story. Yeah. And you and him live a quiet, peaceful life in, in the mountains. While the entire world gets wrecked. And I'm like, okay, I guess. But um, this is a weird but also a cool thing. That area, it feels like an end of the game kind of area. Yeah. Like it the does. music is it's very, very different. Sad. There's the cool, like clouds which i've seen in many screenshots and that when we did our video game music podcast god like yeah, 90 Charlie podcasts ago it, yeah, we played point. this this music from that level and so I, when it played i'm like oh that's such a cool song and then i thought well okay ben says i didn't actually beat the game so dang it i can't go play <laughs> skyrim yet so i like start going up the level i'm fighting bad guys and i got really disoriented because yeah. you're going up but like all the bad guys bounce like off the, the side of the building pull. like that's gravity mm-hmm. that really was screwing yeah it's me. super wonky not to um, mention that like, that level is diagonally slanted so yeah you really it's, thought it's cool. when you when you flew off that was the ending I assume because I had not made because I knew there were these weird arbitrary things you needed to do earlier. Oh, so you just that thought I that had probably was not like done them. I was like, you. oh, so that's the game ending I get. Okay. Uh, oh, so you made the sense right. that you knew it was the bad ending, but you didn't realize yeah. that you had no other recourse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, wow, I guess oh. because I uh, made those choices, I just have to be a wuss and leave <laughs> the island now. He disagreed. Um, like, yeah, okay, all right, doctor, take me away to fantasy land. All right, whatever. Yeah, another hot tip for you, you, you cave story players out there. Here's where you can get the uh, the nemesis gun, which is one of the best guns in the game. If not, some people think it's better than the spur. I personally don't because it's really complicated. But um. When you enter the outer wall area, there's like a tiny little hole like right below the first platform you're on. If you go down there, there's a little house with tiny people inside. Yeah, yeah. And if you talk I to them, there. yeah, you went there? And yeah, uh, yeah they they ask like it's like, "Oh, well, our husband Where's hasn't been home husband? for a while." Now, if you are very very observant in the cemetery area in Mamiga Village, there's a tiny man walking around on the very bottom amidst like all yeah. the all the mushrooms. <laughs> And, like, if you talk to him in the beginning of the game, he's just like, yes, how can I help you? And that's it. Like, so you think it's just, like, some cool little Easter egg thing. But, no, if you go back there, you'll pick him up and put it in your pocket. And, like, he's – when you pick him up, like, it pops up like an item. So, like, he's just, like, sort of chilling on his side. And, like, it's just a little dude. And you have to take him back there and you trade the the blade weapon that King gives you for the nemesis. Okay, I like the blade weapon, and the yeah. third power pivot was kind of. Well, if you don't have the, the spur, one. then you'd better love the blade weapon because that's the only sure. thing that's gonna. But it's I gonna feel do like anything. with the fireball, like the blade sort of runs out of its usefulness right when you need to trade it for the nemesis. Like for the labyrinth, the blade is tearing shit up, and that's all you yeah. really need it for. And after yeah. that, it, it's good to trade. And the thing with the nemesis, it's one of like another unique item, like the spur, is that it anti levels as you level it. So at level one, it is its strongest. It shoots all the way across the screen. It shoots the fastest of any weapon, Whoa. and it like does like the most damage ratio of like any huh. any weapon. But if you get one little Dorito thing, it levels down or it levels up to level two, which it's still pretty good. But it like the range is cut in half and it's a lot smaller. How funny. And if you get one more Dorito, it shoots rubber ducks. 
<laughs> so yeah. Well, so that's one of you like when you need to go fight the boss and you save that and just yeah, pull that one out. So yeah. Okay. So you get through the outside area, which has got the cool music, and you get up to the plantation, which another one of those weird kind of Amiga Village freeform mm-hmm. yeah. areas where you kind of have to go here, then there, then here, and, and do a bunch of different things, which I always thought at this point felt weird. Like in the beginning of the game, you do that a lot, but then there's this whole middle section where it's very left to right, yeah. just keep going through the levels. So I was kind of taken aback by that. It's a cool but, area, and like it, it definitely gives the feeling. It's like, okay, this it's coming up on the end here yeah. because like the yeah. main yeah. theme is playing in that area, and yeah. it's good. Yeah. There's but, a no, lot to I, do there. I, but you get um i don't know again like when you have to give her your rocket your booster Mm -hmm. and then she gives it back to you i was like man i really like the items they chose to give you in this game like they really have a great effect so i'm looking forward to going back and getting they definitely definitely make you realize like how important that booster is like once they take it away and strip you down yeah you're like oh man maybe not for you because you had the Um, machine gun but yeah but machine gun you can it was pretty unwieldy sometimes, like having to like always press yeah. down, but kind of maneuver over with it. So, um, let's see. The other thing, <laughs> again, I wrote this as a note. Sometimes this game is just the worst <laughs> troll. <laughs> the part with where you get on the rocket, and if you don't jump off the rocket, oh yeah, you fall you back immediately down and get, get crushed. crushed by those things. I'm just like, oh, game. Because you see yeah. the save point right there. Did, Garrett, did you write that like in your notes? Did you write that down like 30 times? This game's <laughs> such a troll. Did the type no, get bigger? Just, did you just bold twice. it? Did you italicize it? No, just this one. And then earlier when like you, at the very beginning, where like you walk to that door and it instantly kills you. I'm like, oh, come on. Because they never do yeah. that again. The whole door bad guy thing. So, And the only other note I took at this point is after you get up there and you get to the 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 top level I forget what it's called there after you go through the last cave which was I don't know it's okay oh for you it's nothing Garrett that well, cave for me. is one or the other no 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 like like that cave <laughs> is like super easy several times but it is the hardest freaking cave ever if you don't because um when you go in that cave when you mm-hmm. when you entered it, did it say like a black wind blows out of nowhere? All your items are down to level one. No, that's what it does. In no. if you're on the right track to getting the best ending, what? it knocks all of your weapons down to level one, and it is super game. long and super hard. This game's such a troll. Yeah, but it's it's really <laughs> satisfying and a lot of fun to go through. But I mean, before we get to that, like there is a lot of cool stuff in the plantation itself. Like again, like that's where you can. Quest. Some some fetch quests, but like aside from that, um, like you can find like a teleporter back to like where. Oh yeah, Cosmo's that was so real. Like, oh, should I be going back here? And then I was like, I spent well, no, thirty like, that's minutes pretty there much where for the no save reason. Point is. Yeah. But um, aside from that, there's uh, a new area to the 3DS level called the Inner Wall, where um, in that same room with the teleporter, I think if you go down and like to the side, there's this outside area that is like some of the hardest platforming I've ever played in Cave Story. And if mm. you get down all the way to the very bottom without dying somehow, you get a printy hat from Disgaea. I heard about oh. this. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, this game was, uh, I think, published by uh, Nipponichi Software. Okay. And yeah, so they, they gave a little... So. so does the new level feel, does it fit, do you think? Because sometimes yeah, when I mean, they add something new, it, it feels like, oh, I don't know if 
this really fits ultimately? I think so. The the there are three new areas in the game, and they're not like full levels; they're just like maps. I think, I mean, they don't add a whole lot. I don't think they detract too much, except I think the the last one is kind of weird. It, it just it, from someone who's played the game multiple times, I could definitely tell this wasn't made by Pixel, unless it was made by Pixel, and then I'm yeah. stupid. But I don't know. It's cool. I, I appreciate that they added a few extra maps to the game. I, I I will say, like as I mentioned earlier, the the sand section of the game was where I first encountered the oh my god, I, I'm getting really annoyed with this. And then I trudged forward for the purpose of the game club, and like you know, I enjoyed everything. But once I got to plantation, that bad mojo just hit me again. Like oh great, mm. more fetch quest and really the whole like. Yeah, for some reason. And like the, the mom, I don't know, it just seemed like the mom was a bit anticlimactic. Like, oh, we're going to take your booster now. It's like, all right, I'm going to lose that now? It just seems like... Well, I mean, that was sort of her personality. She's just like, got to get to work. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> got to some... keep moving. Oh, by the way, here's a mask. So where'd you make this mask? Is it out of a dead mimima? I mean, what the hell? Where <laughs> does this come from? Well, they're dead. They're oh, all over oh the place. Oh, my God. Dead. It just, that was like the mask was what made me go, okay, this is a little morbid. Like, where's this mask come from? <laughs> What's going on here? Who's, whose face am yeah, I Yeah, whose face right was this now? originally? And, but then, like, that was a wacky thing that could have even been taken to another level, but it really wasn't. Like, all right, you know, you just use it to talk to people. And most of them, you're not really getting that much valuable information except for getting the exchanging the broken air conditioner and stuff like that eh, yeah the sprinkler well, i don't know like that area has a lot of cool little things like i'm not sure if either of you guys found this but there's uh, a tiny little path that leads like you go like right above the entry door into the plantation if you go straight up there's a little place called passage question mark question mark is that where there's the oh, statues yeah that is where there's guy. yeah there's a statue there and it shows everyone who of held the, the demon rulers, crown right? previous I mean, it's an optional oh. area. It doesn't do anything. But, like, you see that, like, the dude is sculpting the one of the current doctor. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was, like, an alien, <sighs> another alien, there. like, some, like, primitive okay. dude, and then he's making the doctor one. But fun fact, like, the the passage, question mark, question mark, question mark area right before that room, that is an area from hell, the secret final level. Oh, and, like, yeah, yeah. right before you fight the final, final boss, like, yeah. there's this thing that comes crashing down and you fall, like, right through that passage area. And yeah. it's a really cool, like, look into, I guess, what you're getting into. Okay. Okay, let's move on. We got lots left <laughs> to go over, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so, crack through here. Yeah, run plantation, take the rocket up, go through the last cave, which we kind of talked about a little bit, which I'm going to go past because we got lots yeah. left. It was different um, in heart. You... You get on top of this whole island. You're on the surface, I guess. Um, and the music kind of changes again. Okay. And you fight, see these big migmas, and there's a save point. And then you come to the final boss fights, which I... Oh, that was some frustration, because it again is... spur? This, nope. Without... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, without the spur, man, I don't know how the hell you beat that yeah. damn thing. I beat... Yeah, Jesus. I beat all four... Four and a half, five bosses. Because like first you fight Misery, which my last note I took for this game club was defeated Misery, more like experiencing Misery. <laughs> <laughs> I feel... Because after that... Oh, so then you fight the Doctor. Doctor round one. Doctor's not too so bad. Easy. And He's round a, two. And then when he turns into the other one, not too bad. But at this point, I'm like, I, I have to be all three of these without using my health pot. Mm-hmm. I have to kill all of them. 
So I was like, okay, I finally beat hit all three of them, but I still only have like 20 health left, which is a fair amount. But then I get into the final fight and gosh, I would just die there every time I'd use the health pot again. And when I finally beat it, it was one because Ben said to change the the graphics to classic mode. Yeah. And then when I did that, I realized, oh, I'm supposed to be jumping on some of these cores because in the, the, the non-classic graphics, they're all the same. And I'm like, they all look the same. So I was like, okay, they pushed me off stuff. So that, but then once I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay, I kill both of the little sidekick guys. I'm like, I don't know if I don't get the best ending now because I killed this guy, but I don't <laughs> care. I'm killing them both. Killed them both. Nah, you don't. And then I save my missiles from earlier and I'm jumping on the platforms. I have plenty of health. I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat it this time. And my music playing. I'm like, okay. We got to do this podcast here like in five minutes. And, <laughs> and I killed it. And I beat him. And I was like, woo. Yeah. Game over, which I was happy to be at the end. Now, and that, that escape area that you have to run through, like after you beat the core, that was not in the original game. I was very surprised to see that. Oh. And that, it was a little weird to me that like once you get through that, they just pop you down by the throne, even though there's no indication of like mm-hmm. that being the exit to any path. So I feel that one was a little weird. Yeah. But it, it worked out. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about the stuff that I didn't do. Or did you, either of you do this crazy hell ending well, for, thing? You know, the thing is, like, the hell thing is, you know, you can, the, as you're escaping and everything's sort of falling apart and you're trying to get to the helicopter, you can go into this door and that allows you to get access to hell. Yeah. And I tried that because I knew, okay, this is my chance. And I lasted maybe 25 seconds. And it was like, <laughs> whoa. It was like, there's, because there's, all these enemies coming from every which way, and honestly, it was a time restriction. Like I no, knew we it, had to it's hard. record this eventually. Right. It's, it's like that's ah, screwed. I like I have my save file. I yeah. might try. Yeah, I'm gonna preface this by saying like getting to the point where you can play through the hell level. I think is good enough to say you beat it with the good ending. Because hell yeah. itself <laughs> is just so hard, and you do get a lot of backstory going through hell, and like that really brings everything together, and you finally like. Everything's great. But at that point, like, you really learn everything about current issues at hand. Like, one thing that you missed, like, how much do you care about spoilers, Garrett? Like, I don't know when or if you're going to... I'm fine. I I have so many games I'm going to play through before I come back to this. So, So, yeah, in in the plantation area, if, like, you saved Curly and everything, like, you find her there and you have to, like, bring back her memory with this uh, little mushroom that you can find in the Mimiga village. And when all of her memories come back and she tells you everything about like you and her and like why you're on the island. So you're like a robot from the surface. Your name is quote. Her name's Curly Brace. Your name is quote. And oh, cute Curly Brace and quote. Mm -hmm. And then um, like it turns out like the surface, like the countries on the surface sent a bunch of robots that you see like scattered throughout the island, like all the wrecked ones. Mm -hmm. They sent all those to come here to like, kill them amigas and like find like the the robot or the the demon's crown and like harvest its power or whatever and then some country sent you quote and curly to like take out all those other ones and to protect the demon crown oh so yeah that's pretty much the backstory there okay what happens if you beat all the hell stuff if you beat all the hell stuff um actually um way back in the labyrinth after you beat the core if you save curly mm-hmm. Uh, this little dialogue comes up where it it's kind of out of nowhere. It's like, did you know that the witch Jenka had a brother before? 
And like it tells you a little bit about like her childhood and you don't get that if you don't save Curly. And like okay. from there they start giving more hints about Jenka, the lady with the dogs. Like and how she is more integral to things. And um basically hell is where like as you're going through it starts giving you more and more of that backstory about like her brother whose name is Balos. And like I I don't even remember like a lot of it because I've only beaten hell once and I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again. But it's pretty much the origin story of like the demon crown and how her oh, brother wow. was a like a sorcerer who was very powerful and what was once loved by everybody but went insane and like Whew. was really There's responsible. There's so much for more story yeah, to I know, this game. I know. Wow. And then cool. you fight Ballas and the demon crown and well, no wonder this game stuff. is such a sweetheart for everyone, because you can always kind of come back to it and there's always more to uncover if you haven't done the more difficult pieces. And then mm. it's just such a, it goes from such a different place from where it starts. That's such a, it's yeah. like an iceberg. It's lots underneath the surface. Oh yeah. Crystal, Crystal pointed out the cool ending that you get. And the, really the best thing about the best ending is that you fly away with Curly and Balrog at the end. Like Balrog's like floating around the sky and you're like, also, is he on, not a bad guy Curly. then? He's just your, no, like, no. your buddy. He, he was under the spell of the uh, professor. Mm-hmm. Him and his, oh, him and yeah. him and uh, misery. Yeah. Him, him and misery are like bound to follow the, the orders of whoever's yeah wearing the demon crown. Do you remember like before even the game starts, the title screen, you got the professor yeah. Looking at yeah. the crown on the throne, on the throne, and you yeah, see Balrog and Misery, misery like, and they're there. sort of suspended in the animation. It's like again, they tell you some of this already beforehand, but you just sort mm-hmm. of don't really think about it. It's like all right, whatever. Huh. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Very subtle. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So we're gonna get to the questions that we generally ask about Game Club here, but we have a voicemail that we're gonna play here from Kevin Shy. And looking from the file size, I don't think it's very long. So, if it's the same as Zapes, bring- sorry. Hey, Fangamer Podcast, it's me, Kevin Chai. One thing I like about Cave Story so much is that it treats innocence like it's in limited supply. And the way the characters struggle to cling to that innocence is really endearing to me. Hmm. Another hmm. good example of that is my favorite ever game ever, Phantom Brave. Okay, that's it for now. See you later. <laughs> Kevin Chai. Kevin Chai, you have like such like the most stoner voice. I just want to tell you, like, ever since like I knew Kevin Chai way back from like Radio PSI, and like he sent me like a little ad thing he made, and like his voice is just it kills me. I love it. Anyway. Yeah. I can see I that, definitely he the has a game point. is so like happy go lucky and by the end of it it's like everyone's dead yeah. everyone you uh, love is dead blood on your hands yeah the innocence <laughs> thing really comes to play I feel like even in the plantation where when you get the Mimigo mask if you try to talk to like the dudes like working the fields like you get a little bit of an idea about like how the Mimigas are kind of being tricked by the doctor like I, I don't yeah. know if they ever spelled this out outright if I maybe missed like some dialogue somewhere but I got the idea that the doctor was telling the Mimigas that robots were going to come and kill them and so that they yeah. needed to eat the red flowers to protect themselves. Yeah, so sad. So there's Dead just all that walking. innocence there. Dead bunnies walking. Yeah. You know, oh, poor today. bunny. And the fact that they're bunnies made it even more sad. These like, yeah. Okay. We, any final thoughts before we do our actual wrap up questions? Any things you guys want to get off your chest, Ben? So good. Um, I took a really interesting note 
um, I was when I first started playing Cave Story 3D. Um, I was playing it at my friend Melvin's house, and we were playing it together. He was playing it on the computer. I was playing it on the 3DS, and we noticed a few interesting things about the translation. And I'm not sure if it was like a mistranslation on Aeon Genesis's part, but it seems like a bit of the dialogue is a lot more deliberate in the 3D version. Like um, they they're just telling you things a bit more outright. Like um, in the beginning of the game, you meet. You meet, um, I think it's when you're talking to, like, one of the first few Mimigas. They talk about Arthur, and, uh, they say, like, he was killed by the Doctor's goons or something. When in the, the 3DS version, it was like, Arthur was killed by the Doctor himself. When later, like, um, someone asks you, oh, when you get to, like, Cthulhu's abode, like, that little hooded man, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, a dude from the surface, eh? Where are your other robots, or where are your, where are the other soldiers? Mm-hmm. When in the 3D one, he's like, where's your blonde-haired friend? Mm. So it seems like they're really trying to be a bit more deliberate. Retcon. And like, we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't play far enough to see if there was any more of that. But, I mean, just a little minor, a few hmm. minor things that huh. I thought were cool. All right. Matt, any, before we get through our, we have our, our three questions we like to ask at the end of the game. Yeah. Club. I mean, as I was playing, um, halfway through, as I was playing the, again, the DSi version, and it was out of necessity just because I, I was doing a lot of traveling the past couple of days and, it, you know, it was always there with me. But I found I had a lot of difficulty, especially with the boss battles, just because maybe because I don't have control of my hands, but I'm jamming on the controls and my system shaking. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm missing certain jumps. I'm not doing such yeah, a good yeah. job. Also, as noted, the DSi, have you guys played the DSi version at all? No, I've not. I played the Wii Wii version. The buttons are swapped, somewhat, Hmm? and it's really frustrating. The buttons that you expect to be shoot and to be jump are sort of are sort of swapped together. Now it's sort of hard to explain this, but basically, you instead of like the innermost button being shoot and like the lower the A the B button being jump, it's flipped around. You can you can shoot with the Y button and jump with the A button, but that leads to instability of the system if you're constantly jamming the buttons. Where it's it's such a minor thing, but even if the buttons were if if I touched the innermost buttons, I wouldn't be shaking. And a lot of people were complaining about this when it came out. It just seemed sort of really yeah. silly and random, but. That's Who knows? Odd. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny when you say that. It reminds me of something that is continually a problem for me in the 3DS. Is that when you turn the 3D on and you have it in your hands and you're getting a little intense with your gameplay, you shift that thing even ever yeah, so slightly true. left yeah. or right. The screen gets dark or it gets all off tilt. Now that's that's a 3DS problem, yeah. but the 3D in this game is freaking great. It is like, great, and I always wanted to have it on, but, like, when I get to boss fights, I would turn it off because yeah. it kept, like, the last oh, yeah. final boss, oh, yeah. it kept, it's not that would cause it. me to die sometimes. But for so. the platforming and stuff, like, the outer wall, it's really good. It just looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It looked really nice, mm-hmm. so. But, again, it doesn't, it like, enhance, it doesn't add, like, no, like, it does. It, it makes it feel it, more alive. Yeah, honestly, like, I think that the the 3D version, like, when it's in 2D, well, the 3D version in general, like, really tries to take a perspective where, like, the camera's, like, constantly moving. And when you turn the 3D on, you really can, like, see around certain things. And I think yeah, that really helps bit. for, like, gauging things, really. Because I, one of the weird things about, like, the 3D remake that at first I was sort of turned off by is, like, all the doors are, like, in the back of, like, this perspective room. Mm-hmm. Like, you're looking at, like, a shoebox. You're at the front and the doors are all in the back. 
Yeah. And like it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird to line up. But when you have the 3D on, that's fine. And so, so the same thing goes for like platforming. Well, so again, I have very little experience with the 3D version, 3DS mm-hmm. version. Does the camera move around like one of those 2.5D platformers, or is it constantly just it sort of a little sometimes? Bit. It it really? definitely does okay. in one of the extra areas in the egg in the uh, egg corridor detour area. It does yeah, swivel rotates. around a little. It doesn't do it very well. But, and, I mean, and, and, and the fine. only other the only thing other question I have is again, I played the WiiWare version and it has different music, and I wasn't really a fan of it. And I when I played the you Wii version, back, I stuck though. with the original. So is the brand new remixed soundtrack on the 3DS version the same thing as the Wii version? No. It is amazing. It's different. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. All um, arranged by Derry, Danny Baranowski, who did the did. Uh, Super Meat Boy music. Yeah. I think by another guy, too. He was also on the team. Okay. And it's, it's phenomenal. Like, honestly, when it comes to game remakes, I think the thing I'm most nitpicky about is music. Yeah. Like, like I really hated the WiiWare Cave Story music. I thought it was not very good at all. Yeah. And mostly when games are remade, I think they don't give the music nearly enough attention. But they knocked it out of the park with the 3DS one. I think it's really great. I definitely want to check it out then. Mostly because of the music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crystal brings up a good question. Can you play the classic version on the 3DS version? Unfortunately not. And it's kind of stupid. They have a classic mode, but all it does is change the sprites. Of like the, of characters the characters, in the so you enemies. just you just can't play the original. Which, really, that's odd. It doesn't have the original backgrounds no. or any of that. I mean, that's it, it, pretty much like, ingrained. That, that was really mm-hmm. bothersome to me at first. It's like Paper and, like, Mario in a way. That really kind of made me not want to buy the game. But if that is stopping anyone listening right now, please do not let it because no, this is a good. phenomenal remake. It's really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um. Okay. Let's let's do the questions and then take a break and close out this show. So generally, at the end of Game Club, after we've completed a game, we ask three questions. We say, um, do you consider this game a classic? Is it a game that you would play again? And is it a game that you would recommend to someone else? And in, in no particular order, you can answer those. So I'm going to throw Ben. Answer the questions. What do you think? Is it a classic? Would you recommend? Would you play again? Is it a classic? Absolutely. I mean, it calls, as we said before, it really just takes what worked about the formulas from like old games, just with like presenting minimalism and like teaching through actually doing, takes what's crappy about that and takes it out and just introduces how games have evolved into that formula. Um, Would I recommend it to other, or would I play it again? Yeah, I really would, especially on the 3DS. I just feel like there's a lot more to see and explore in that version, and apparently there's another mode that I'm going to unlock here soon. I have to beat Hell, so that's going to happen. And would I recommend it to other people? Absolutely. Cave Story, I feel really feels like one of the greatest games, like with one of the like most heartrending stories. And it's just really one of the most fun games I've ever played. It's really fun, and absolutely, I think everyone should play it. Everybody. Everybody. Okay. No exceptions. All right. Matt? Well, it's funny because um, on a more fundamental level, I think you guys enjoyed the game more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So the answer to three questions, is it a classic without question? Again, simply because of historical context, and again, it sort of uh, set the ball rolling in terms of inspiring a lot of indie game designers. Mm-hmm. Some of them I know personally. Like, they say that 
when they played Cave Story, it sort of changed their life when they found that that one person made it and they mm-hmm. can use the similar tools. Um, would I recommend it? It depends on the type of person because um, I know it's, it's very hard. It's very frustrating. And I know certain individuals, they're just not going to they're not gonna really dig it. But people yeah. who really want to relive the classic vibe and, again, for people you know who want to know about Indie gaming, like this, is for purely historical values. Like recommending Citizen oh, yeah. Kane, practically. <laughs> for sure. Would I would I play it again? Not anytime soon. Um, I think maybe because of the structure of the game club. Like I felt a lot of pressure to just play the hell out of this game and uh-huh. beat it yeah. this deadline. To me, that's, that's, that's game club. That's game club. That's game club. Um, I under I respect what it does. I understand why it's so beloved. That being said. Those rough parts were really rough for me. Like I was mm. cursing up a storm to myself. Like I don't – this is just uh, – to the point where it didn't ruin the game. But I'm like mm. – so I will need some distance. You uh, know, do you I have, think that was because of like this, the structure of Game Club? Do you think if you were playing this at your own pace, you wouldn't have been so – Or you would have like, quit altogether. Which is yeah. I, I perhaps would have quit <laughs> altogether. But I, I don't think Game Club – I would have eventually beat this game. You know, I, I'm sort of mm-hmm. overplaying the whole the structure. Like, oh, I got to beat this at this point. Um, I sure, also sure. told myself I wanted to get a good level or an acceptable ending, and I went through this mm-hmm. whole steps of like, you know, perhaps if I played it more naturally, I would have been more inclined to make happy mistakes where I would have gotten the the, the booster zero point eight stuff yeah. like that. See, and, I, yeah, like I'm glad Garrett played the way he did this time. Yeah, so Pretty maybe much. it's a perhaps it's a tricky for me to really answer that, but. Um, I think I will need a bit more time. I think what'll, what will happen is after I'm playing a bunch of, and maybe it's designed this way, after I play a bunch of like overly complicated modern games, I'll want something to cleanse the palate, and that's when I'll go mm-hmm. to Cave Story. You know, Just sort of like how I'm sort of annoyed by blah, 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 I'll play Mega Man 2. Like I want to play something a bit more, yeah. uh, more pristine, a bit more pure. But in this sense, it's a game that I'm not intimately familiar with. So in that sense, I guess mm-hmm. I will play it eventually. But I'm not... I'm not marking my calendar. Like I need some, I need some distance <laughs> with this game. <laughs> yeah, you know? you finish hell though, man. Yeah, do I? <laughs> There's so many games out. It's, um, it's one of the great challenges. Well, I think you guys summed up pretty well. I definitely agree. It's classic. I think you know, in terms of recommending it to other people, I would say they should they should play it. But I don't necessarily feel that most people will gain anything extra by playing through to the end i think if you can get at least halfway through or so that you get the feel you get the guns you get the gameplay you get a taste of the story and if at halfway through it's getting frustrating and that story isn't enough to compel you forward i think it's okay for them to be done because it's worth appreciating for what it is like matt was saying kind of uh ushering in this era of indie gaming in terms of playing it again um, I have no intention of playing again soon. I would want to play it, I think, on the Wii. I think I would enjoy playing it on a much bigger screen because mm-hmm. there it, were times yeah. when the smaller screen, while the lush 3D environment was fun, I think it would have been a lot easier for me to do some of the, the boss fights and things yeah. like that. It would, it would just be cool for you to see space. the original version, too. Yeah. The, so, the, update, the yeah. updated graphics, I personally, I've heard some people complain about it, but I actually, it's very tastefully done. Like, you know, Textures yeah. are up res. It, it it does look really nice. So, just uh, yeah. yeah just, okay. Just one closing note, I guess. Like, I, I feel this game is very 
well designed for people to play it the way they want to and with like all the choices that they present to you like if you aren't very good at games up to a certain point anyway like this game will make it easy on you and it's up just to a certain point though yeah like, i don't think i can have jen play this maybe about halfway she'd get before she got way too frustrated Wait, did she play it she did try it she started okay. at the beginning she thought it was okay she's like oh, i might try this i'm like well if you thought some of that beginning stuff was a little tough, <laughs> that's just the very beginning. It has so much more to go. So, and then just little touches of like, how do you know which decisions are important? Or do you like without an FAQ? I think a lot of people who are not hardcore gamers would find this See, difficult to palate. But I think there is a way to play this for people playing for the first time without an FAQ that Pixel definitely laid out. And that is like getting the machine gun, getting the booster pointing, oh, and just like making it as yes. easy as possible, and still getting like a rewarding experience out of that. I, and right. I think Those that things, this game is was, very well designed. I that. I cannot see yeah. anyone who is who didn't grow up and have some sort of uh, nostalgia pains because otherwise, yeah. people who didn't grow up and who who aren't. A, part of that whole world i can see them going this is just nonsense it's really too busy there's a lot of backtracking i mean i even i mean i mean i even saw Knowing some what of, to do next yeah i saw some of that in the in the thread and a lot of those frustrations i honestly believe is completely valid hmm. you know i think yeah i think we are a bit more forgiving and acceptable accepting of some of these faults nostalgia yeah but otherwise it's you know it sort of reminds me of how games have progressed in the sense that we don't have to really re- rely upon those tropes anymore so in that sense i i think it has another type of historical value of like trying to reintroduce those to- that old type of formula and how it sort of successfully works today sort of does not work today you know it's a it's a good testament uh, of old formulas in this day etc etc so mm. sorry i'm a little mm. drunk right now so. <laughs> it's late crystal crystal says i would like case to plus which it's the mac version i i really want to get that version. too because there are extra levels and stuff like that pixel made well, himself mm. like exclusive to that one oh, so man, i would need to hook a if, controller up or something if though. you have a if you have a pc it's available on steam so mm-hmm. you know i yeah. think i think one of the things that people complain about um is like oh why why should i especially the 3ds version like why should i pay to buy a game which is effectively free because like this is one this is really one of the finest games made even though i'm not a big fan of it like it's a one person powerhouse mm-hmm. i it's i'm glad that he's finally is making some money off of yeah, this and, you know yeah sure. yeah Definitely. so if i had a 3ds i would buy that a copy of the game without question even if i wasn't going to play it anytime soon just to support it and so even if you don't have a 3ds you should buy a copy of the game Right now, I agree. Just, to, just, to, <laughs> just to support that dude. Yeah. Okay. Game. We're gonna take a break here. Hopefully, give it over to Kevin to really close us out yeah, and end the show. Stay tuned a little bit longer, or turn off in this. You know, finish it later. I'm Kevin Williams, the Godfather of the podcast, the level max attack that shreds you back, and this is my final word. I want to turn your attention for a moment to the review of Cave Story, which Tim Rogers posted on his website, Action Button. I'll spare you the necessity of plowing all the way through the fields of text, which ripple like golden wheat across the idyllic field of your screen, and which I have just learned has only gotten more difficult to read thanks to the redesign, which now sees the words rising out of a bank of clouds into a moonlit evening atmosphere. Tim relates an anecdote about Pixel, the designer of Cave Story. 
When asked how he made the music for the game, he says that he put some notes together and listened to them. If they sounded good, he kept them, and if they didn't sound good, he threw them out. That right there is where we scratch the surface of why this game is so perfect. There's a few places where I don't like how you have to backtrack, but that's it. That's the only bad element I can think of. Everything from the high level of presentation to the tight control mechanics proves that this game was built with a firm understanding of balanced design philosophy. It's funny, because I've been recently playing another game whose presence on the scene emerged in a very grassroots pattern. I'm referring to Minecraft, which just saw its official release earlier this month. The big news with this upgrade is Minecraft has an endgame now. No longer must we put up with building for its own sake. Now, we can build because we want to fight the final boss. I'm fairly certain Notch has said things along the lines of what I just mentioned about Cave Story's music. That he just puts things in Minecraft that he likes, or thinks would be fun. And if they're good, he keeps them. The problem is that his method seems to have resulted in a sort of heaping effect. There are so many things piled up, it's difficult to reach in and make them interact properly. You've got blocks, and then you've got mobs, and you've got some things that work together that let you do other things, but at the end of the day, it's all very linear. The world isn't even built together, it's procedurally generated. Then again, Cave Story has had a multi-year head start, and maybe the cohesiveness of the game really is determined by how long you let yourself think about it. Work with it. Toy with it. Nudging every element into place until it's just right. Cave Story is sublime. It flows beautifully. It not only keeps what's good, it also subtracts what isn't. And what's left over isn't just presented as is. It's shaped and it's polished until the full experience is a wholly memorable one. I wish that every game could be designed with exactly that goal in mind. For Fangamer, I'm Kevin Williams. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Finishing the show. You can be our friend on Facebook, Fangamer. We're on there. Twitter.com slash Fangamer. Um, I keep forgetting to put everyone's Twitters in the show notes, but I will do it eventually. I have it all written out <laughs> already. I just got to copy paste that. Next week's show will be show number 100. Woohoo! I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we'll figure something. I don't know. I mean, it's 100 shows. It's a big deal, but it's also like... I don't know. I don't really like to break the show apart like that. Be like, oh, this one needs to be special. It's like, no, I like the yeah, end I of mean, the year stuff to be special. Something cool. Like, I think that's a good point to do our regular ask a question sort of our community, community yeah. participation. We'll do something like that. Ah, uh, you okay. guys are, you know what? I'm going to be wearing a suit when we record. So I don't know what you guys <laughs> are talking about. Up. It's a hundred. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't know what precious metal at this point, the platinum or whatever, but it's a hundred. Oh. We need to, we need it to do it 100. up. We have special guests. I haven't guests. really done anything like this hundred this many times. I'm always surprised. I think when we got to the upper 80s and Liz was still on the show, I was like, guys, have yeah. you ever done anything this many times? And I not necessarily have, like, but we've been this consistent for so long. We've only missed, we never really even missed a week in there. I think we always, maybe we're a little bit later than we wanted, but um, yeah. Okay. So show, we're done. If you want to leave us feedback, leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate that. Email podcast at fangamer.com. Leave a voicemail on our Skype voicemail at 
503-446 cast uh, if you have uh, any other thoughts on cave story the forum thread will still be up still like to see stuff in there and check out the EV fan fest starting very soon by the time you hear this right. good night folks happy thanksgiving <laughs>